Hey, welcome to the Game Informer Show, a weekly podcast covering the video game industry. Join us each and every Thursday as we engage in discussion about the latest gaming news, reviews, and exclusive reveals alongside Game Informer staff and special guests from around the industry. I am your host, Marcus Stewart. I am joined by Mr. Rogers himself, Kyle Hilliard. Is, uh, is that a sweater? Is that, are you calling out my sweater with that? Yeah, uh, for audio listeners, Kyle is wearing a red sweater, which uh, everyone thinks of Mr. Rogers when you see a red sweater, right? They think of cardigans, I think. <laughs> right? Doesn't is there a put difference on a between a cardigan and a sweater? Yes. Big difference. You're going to really upset the Is this the, is this the Floridian <laughs> talking to me of like, I don't know, it's a sweater, right? Yeah, you guys never, it's never cold enough for you to put on a warm, you know, t-shirts only. It's yeah. either nothing or t-shirts for you guys. Wait, but no. Sweater like goes over your head. Cardigan is like a, a jacket that you put on. It's oh, like man, sweater man. material, but yeah, you put it over you like a zip up jacket, but it doesn't have a zipper. It has a couple buttons typically. With but it's like not a, a hoodie. Kind of like a no, DV a typically too. Well, I okay. would like to see Mr. Rogers put on a hoodie, you know? <laughs> pretty good. He would look so cool if he had put on a hoodie in that clip with him putting on the clown mask. They really completed it. Yeah. Uh, that other voice you're hearing is Wesley LeBlanc. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's been a minute since I've been here. I'm excited to be back. Yeah, good to see you. I like your glasses. Got a whole like Harry Potter thing going on there. <laughs> <laughs> red sweater Mr. Rogers glasses Harry Potter signing you guys characters <laughs> I just like yeah you're defining these like characters like based on like one element of them like oh Harry Potter wears glasses so of course it's glasses and Mr. Rogers puts on sweaters so of course it's sweaters yeah you know that scene in X-Men when uh, Logan's making fun of all their code names and he looks at Charles Xavier and he's like oh what do they call you wheels yeah uh, um also i guess i'm the only one with no glasses so i i'm the minority here because i'm lame i'm not cool enough for them loser uh, wait are you a con <laughs> do you wear contacts or you're just part you got you got 2020 uh, i wear contacts oh uh, okay so yeah. i do have a pair of glasses but i only wear them when it's like time for bed because i took them out you know uh, i've worn them on the show before I but can't, it's, I, it's rare typical <laughs> dallas cowboys fan See, oh, see, I was afraid this was going to come up. <laughs> so, like, you're right. So, right now, I'm between uh, like homes, let's say, uh, before I move up to Minneapolis, which is a plan of mine, by the way, for the listeners. Obviously, you guys know this. Um, yeah, it's cool. I get pack some my, cardigans. I, I, yeah, I'll finally <laughs> learn the difference, I guess. Um, I, I'm in my parents' house in the meantime. And my mom's a big Dallas Cowboys fan, and currently my work office is like her crafting room, which is why if you're watching the video version, there's a bunch of stuff around me. And yeah, there's like at least three or four like Dallas Cowboys symbols. Like if you if you want to play I Spy, I'm sure you can maybe spot some more, um, <laughs> which has been the bane of my existence because like I used to, I bought my the car that I have now I actually bought off my mom years ago, and before I bought it, she had it like Dallas Cowboys themed, like stuff stickers and stuff so i i had to take all that off but i didn't do it initially because i was lazy so i would drive places and then people would see that and then one of two things would happen where they would get excited like oh my god another dallas cowboys fan and they would try to talk to me about the cowboys and then i would have to <laughs> pretend to know because it was too much work to explain like well no this isn't mine and da -da -da. so i was still yeah, like yeah, yeah like it. just you know like as long as the conversation was vague enough to where i could fake my way through it but yeah good game they they did it or they would get upset because they didn't like the cowboys so i'd be confronted and they'd be like oh okay 
you like the Cowboys, huh? And it's like, well, no, I don't. I just, <laughs> and it's like, do I want to explain this? And they're already going to believe it. They're like, am I about to get into a fight over this? Like, what is football fans are insane? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, this so. right. It is kind of an odd fandom to claim living in Florida. Yeah, right? we have three football well, it's America's teams. Team. That's fair. Yeah, it is America's okay. team. But we do have three football teams here, I think. Dolphins, I mean, Buccaneers, Jaguars. That's it. That's it, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, but I we mean, rotate those because they're trash. They, they're never <laughs> all three good at the same time. For my yeah. Knowledge. yeah. It's like one gets one catches fire and then the other two are like, okay or bad, right? Like the Buccaneers were the last time when, when Tom Brady was down here in Tampa. That's when it was like, oh, okay, that's they're hot right now. So yeah. Dolphins and Jaguars are bad. I don't know what the state is now. Like, is it has the Dolphins? Is it their turn now to be the good team in Florida, or is it still the Bucks? No, I think it's nobody's turn. The Dolphins were doing good, I <laughs> think, but turn. somebody got injured. And then Jaguars never really good, but we do we do create a good meme about Waffle House every now and then, and I think that's important <laughs> for football teams to do. Hey, you know what? Jacksonville Jaguars owned by the owner of All Elite Wrestling, Tony Khan. That's so they got. Oh, that. really? Yeah. Everybody yeah, knows that. He owned the Jaguars and then loud. started AEW. That's, so, so he still owns the Jaguars. But is Tony like his like name that he goes by in the wrestling world? Because I always hear him as uh, Shad Khan in football. That's his dad. Oh, so his I thought his dad his, owned. It. Oh, so oh, I think his dad technically his family owns. Yeah, it, very rich. Yeah. Tony himself <laughs> owns AEW, and okay. his father Shad is a billionaire. And I guess Tony is also a billionaire. He owns the Jaguars and like. A football club or two overseas or something like that. They're super rich. Yeah. Is the bottom line. But yeah, yes, hell of a I guess technically you're right. Shad Khan owns a jet. He's got a mustache. It's, I, it's I a good it. mustache. Yeah, it's a pretty good mustache. Tony, no mustache. It's all up here. <laughs> like you should have called Wes uh, Tony at the beginning instead of Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Has a mustache. Must be named yeah. Tony. <laughs> Tony Potter. <laughs> What are we talking about today? This is a this is a our our technically our holiday show though. By yeah. the time you're listening to this, Christmas is over, but it's not New Year's yet. So it's that like that no man's land between Christmas and New Year's where it's still holiday, but you're waiting for the next big holiday of the year. So it's like Christmas hangover. And maybe you, you haven't quite gone back to school or work. Maybe you have. I, you know, I don't Wait, know. Wait, who's going back to school before New Year? <laughs> no, I, yeah, I guess that's true. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh my God. So, yeah. So you're not back in school yet, but maybe, maybe you've gone back to work. Yeah. Though I guess maybe, you know what? You never stop learning. Maybe you're learning <laughs> from home and you're like, I think I'm going to crack open my lesson book. Uh, I stopped they- learning at like 35. So I'm done. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> That's what I told myself as a kid. It's like, I'm going to retire by time I'm 40 and I'm going to stop learning by the time I'm 35. (laughs) Um, So yeah, we're just going to be talking about sort of an extension of last week's episode um, where we talked about our top 10 uh, personal games of the year with uh, Michael Heim, special guest, shout out to him. Uh, Where, you know, now that our top 10 list and goatee stuff is out there in our latest issue of the magazine, uh, which you should go read right now. We're going to be talking about basically everything else in that issue. We're going to be going down our top 10 games sort of to give context to why we decided that top 10s. I feel like, and I'm sure this is true for every outlet that does this every year, there's a lot of misconceptions and assumptions about how we decide our games of the year, how do we decide our category winners, and we thought this would be the opportunity to sort of like give you a peek 
inside those uh, meetings that go on, which like those lists are the result of like hours of discussions and like maybe even debates <laughs> about yeah. what should be on there and what shouldn't be. I think this year in particular was pretty tough because it was a good year for games. You know, it was a it was a damn good year. And, and we had to it was hard to get it down to 10. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, uh, you know, Wes can attest uh, specifically like sometimes your favorites just narrowly miss the cut. Yeah, <laughs> and, <they do>. and, <laughs> and you just have to throw your hands up and go like, well, I tried. It, um, it, we passed the point where it's like, you know what? If it's not on the list, that's less work for me to do, and it's close to the holidays. I'm cool with it. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you do. You gotta. <laughs> you do hit that point. Yeah, at a certain level, absolutely. Yeah. So we're gonna be breaking out our top ten, and then again uh, discussing our uh, category picks, like you know, best RPG, best you know, Sony exclusive, Microsoft exclusive, best dork, all that fun stuff. And yeah, like I said, it's gonna give you like a. It, it'll be like you were there almost in those meetings, <laughs> but like not yeah. there, like you're behind some like glass, some soundproof glass. So you can't really interfere, but you are seeing people do this a lot, throwing their hands up, <laughs> even though we can't see each other when we're having these meetings, which we should, we should do that next year. We should turn on cameras and just really make it heated of like, just people going like, <laughs> Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> I guess Liza P won't be on the top 10. <laughs> Sad day. I mean, I guess. Fears. Yeah. We could start there. I mean, because I figured we'd go down our top 10 first. Uh, maybe you haven't read the article. I mean, it starts with number 10. It do. Debate. So, yeah. I mean, um, uh, number 10. I, I'm curious if any follow up discussion happened on this because we basically locked everything down and then I actually left for vacation. But n- number 10 was like, gosh, maybe the most contentious spot. Yeah. For us. I think so. Probably think between so? that and the once we got to like, one and two yeah it, that it was took a while to to hash it out yeah yeah but num- our number 10 our official number 10 is was street fighter 6 um yes. but the debate uh which various members of the staff felt fell on various sides was whether lies of p would take that spot and wes you were very adamant you wanted 10 for lies yeah. of p let right? me yeah let me talk directly to the peers which, as right. you know, it's the Liza <laughs> Peak community. We are the peers. Yeah, you really got a workshop. <laughs> well, I mean, I they thought... named that the game that, so I don't know but you, whose fault is it, ultimately. Yeah. I fought hard. I fought valiantly. Um, basically, two people had it on their list, and two people had Street Fighter Six on their list. So when we, like, got down to the logistics and the mathematics of it, they were neck and neck. And so then it became, like, a conversation of like legacy what it was able to do for the year how strongly people feel about it and street fighter 6 great game kind of is the return of street fighter after five kind of failed fans um and not only did street fighter 6 like revitalize street fighter but it did like a lot more and it definitely like deserves a place on our list and i'm i'm happy to see it on 10 um me on the other side i was arguing for lies of p because in the same vein for years, people have been trying to make a From Software like Souls like. They get close, they have their own spins on it, but it's still missing like that little oomph that only From Software has been able to deliver. For me personally, Liza P was the first time I'd played one of these, and I play a lot of them, where I was like, this is this is it. They did it. They have perfected a Souls like. And for me, it's better than some of From Software's own games, which was a big deal for me. Um so it kind of came down to that argument versus the Street Fighter 6 one. Um, 
And it was like me and Charles, I think, on the Lies of P side, because we both had it on our top 10. And then Marcus, you and Brian. But I think Brian was like the main voice for Street Fighter. And I was the main voice for Lies of P. And you guys just kind of let us <laughs> argue about it. Um, yeah. We had a you had a street fight about it. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. was I was softly on the lies of P side, but but it really came down to me just being like I don't really like fighting games that much, you know, which yeah. is like not the best argument <laughs> to bring to that sort of deal. <laughs> but Marcus, I mean, you were among the few who played both extensively, right? So yeah, actually, in some ways, you you kind of didn't you sort of make a final call on it just because no, everyone else was like one or the other, but you were one of the few that was both. If I remember correctly. Yeah, I guess more or less I was the tipping point because, um, because at the time that we were discussing, I had only put like maybe like eight hours into lies of P like it was just one that I wasn't able to get to. So it was like, I was, you know, I played more street fighter six. And so I was like, okay, like I see what Wes is saying, but like I'm leaning street fighter six, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to just go the, uh, pick it because of like, well, I played this more. So, you know, sure. we had extra time to revisit this discussion over the like two weeks or whatever. So I spent most of that two weeks playing Lies of P a lot and put a lot more time into it. I still haven't finished it, but I'm I'm deep in it now and I am enjoying it. I deep in the P. I'm loving it. Yeah. I, I was swimming in the P. <laughs> yeah. Um, and oh boy, um, we should probably and, and that. liking it a lot. <laughs> but I, I the but still, even then. I was kind of like, okay, this is a, this is a very good spin on something very familiar. I like the world a lot. You know, I think it's, that's like maybe the most like interesting element is like that spin on like the, the adventures of Pinocchio. It took something that we thought was going to be cringe or stupid, which is Pinocchio as a soul's like, <laughs> and actually made it like not. Which yeah, yeah, to yeah your it point, worked. It yeah. worked. Yeah. I honestly, I thought it would go like the, and you know, apologize to people that like this game, but I was like, is this gonna be like a, like the hot topic spin on like a otherwise like whimsical thing? Like, is this gonna be like an Alice Madness Returns kind of thing, or it's just like, isn't it cool that this is super dark? <laughs> and it, it doesn't feel like that, you know, um, which I appreciate about it. Um, but then compared to Street Fighter Six, and again, you can make a big argument of like, well, it's more Street Fighter, right? And it's like. I think coming off of Street Fighter V being as rough as it was for as long as it was, and for them to like just go so far at like beyond making that thing so like n- not only just fun from like a fight mechanical standpoint, but so like feature dense out of the box. And I think that world tour mode helped put it over of like that was just such a big surprise of like they did this basically like mini Yakuza game that is like better than it has any right to be. <laughs> and it's like a whole other game basically in the game, but also serves the double purpose of like teaching you the mechanics in a fun way. If you don't want to just do the really good tutorial modes that they have where like, honestly, those tutorials are so good. It was like, I don't care how bad you are fighting games. Like if you go through those, you will at least have some degree of competency because of how well they break things down. Um, and then like just the, the new characters they added are all really fun. And I love the art direction. It just felt like, I think street fighter just, it, it's, it just did a little bit more and it feels a little bit more it, it important. I guess I, I, I even now like the, here's the thing about these discussions that always like make me feel bad. Sometimes I don't know if you guys have this too, We're like, this is the time of year where you have to talk. Like you almost have to talk crap about good games. Uh, yes, yes, another yeah. game over it. We're like, I really love Liza P. I fully intend to finish it. I think that game's wonderful, but you gotta like put it against another baby. And you're like, well, 
can't, you can't have them all. We, we only have 10 slots and there's so many games that could go here. So I got to like come at Wes and be like, I'm sorry. I got to tell you why the thing you really like is not as good <laughs> yeah. as you think. Even though I also do like it, you know, exactly. So you to, feel yeah. like almost a hypocrite of like, no, I like it too. <laughs> I came back from vacation and then that's when I found out we had made street fighter six, our number 10. Yep. Surprise. I'd been told that it was Marcus <laughs> was like the tipping point for it. Um, we had words and now Marcus is moving to Minnesota. extrapolate what you will from that (laughs) no but um it was funny i i had i had known i came at it strong because like of all the things in this list liza peep is the one i was fighting for most um so i i was like the most this was the one i debated the most (laughs) and i think i might have i wonder if i did it too much because i got back and like day one from my vacation matt was uh matt you know editor-in-chief um was like Hey Wesley, can you jump jump into Discord for me? And I was like, sure, what's up? And he basically just wanted to like walk me through how we got to Street Fighter Six. Cause he was like, I know you might have wanted to see Liza P, but like we we ended up at Street Fighter Six at 10. And it was very funny. I was like, oh, I must have like really <laughs> thrown my everything at Liza hey. P. I'm getting a talk. Well, Matt's a good boss, man. He's he's making sure you understand everything. It was he's appreciative, like yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's like a father taking his kid aside <laughs> to explain why they're not going to Disney World this year. Yeah, <laughs> we gotta we gotta take care of you. We gotta focus on your little your little brother a little yeah. more. Uh, so you have to be a little more mature at this time. And you know what the other thing too is like because Street Fighter is in such a niche genre that tends to get snubbed because it's a fighting game where it's like there's always been debates about like was Street Fighter Six really a goatee contender? But it just had no chance because it's in such a you know it, it like fighting games are just not as broadly appealing as other genres and is that fair to street fighter if it's like stellar but it's just never gonna be up for like the big one because of that but yeah because i think Um, i think i even brought up in the these discussions i was like i don't really like the argument of like it's the best fighting game of the year you know what i mean where it's like well just because it's a genre leader it doesn't necessarily mean it just there's not a fighting game spot that just always exists yeah. on the top 10 necessarily, but, but I, I yeah. feel like the argument, I'm not, I don't think that's where we landed with the arguments for street fighter six, but it's like, you know, just cause it's the best at what it does. It doesn't necessarily mean it, you know, it wins for that reason. It's gotta, it's gotta do something a little more, which I think six did this year. Also like beat mortal Kombat, I think for a lot of people like, and that's like not an easy feat either to come out on top. Like, it's not like Street Fighter Six released in a vacuum. It, it released against the other big fighter of the year and I think came out as, I mean, both are great, but it, I think Street Fighter Six is the, the fighting game of the year. I'm more of a Mortal Kombat guy than a Street Fighter guy. I've always been. I love Street Fighter, but I just, MK is my number one. And even I was like, no, Street Fighter's better. Like, I like MK yeah, yeah, a yeah. lot, but Street Fighter Six is better. Uh, <laughs> so because of that, like, I'm, that's one reason, like, now that we're away from it, I'm glad that it is on that top 10. It's like, it, Again, to, this felt like this would have been wrong to just be like, well, it's the best fighting game and that's all we're going to give it. It's like, no, it it needs a little bit more than that. Like, it it does so much. And like, we were all so high on it even before it released all the times we got to play it. Um, so, yeah, that's that was the debate. So, like, Wes, I, you know, extending my hand, gentleman's, you know, handshake, you know, Liza <laughs> P, number 11. Yeah, hey, here's, yeah. Here's charge up. They're working on a sequel. It's been confirmed. Let's get ready for 2026. We got this. Liza P. Oh, coming at you. Just like two yeah. years, huh? You really? Is it? I guess yeah. it'd be like three. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know if we'll for the for the rest because we'll, we'll go down our top ten fully. But I I don't know if we'll discuss them as depth for the rest of these. But that really was like the most 
figuring out that final spot, I think, was one of the, the tougher ones. Uh, number nine was uh, Sea of Stars, which was my personal, like, I, I just would like to see this on the list game, if that makes sense. I don't care if it's number 10. I just really love this game. Uh, yeah, and you guys, you guys played it too, right? I, did you guys oh, yeah. both? I love Sea of Stars. Okay. I, I think I was like number two to you, being like, yeah, we should, yeah, let's get Sea of Stars on there. Okay. Yeah. The I hadn't debate started I'm seeing it yet, and I just beat it time. days ago, and I'm like a little mad because I think I would have, I probably could have joined you two and maybe trying to push it up a little higher because, man, Sea of Stars is a damn good game. It's I, so good. I think. I mean, you could even look at my personal top ten. It, it was it was higher on my personal top ten, but I'm I like you know I'm just happy to see it on our top yeah. ten <laughs> at all is where I'm at with that one. Um, and I think the debate now, the follow up debate that I've seen as other outlets have like released their top tens, is kind of that Sea of Stars versus Octopath sort of debate. The Octopath fans are very vocal and very passionate (laughs) yeah which but man and and like i to be fair i haven't really given octopath the the strong uh shot that it deserves right but like sea of stars is just more in in terms of what i like from that style of rpg sea of stars just really nails it for me yeah the the chrono trigger of it all i guess you could say you know yeah yeah it's just like i would i'd I had heard everything about it all year. You know, people are talking about it, including you two, like on staff. And I finally started it while on vacation. And then I finished it a few days ago. And yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, I, I could sing the praises that everybody else has. It's its so good. And Octopath, I've heard good things and I want to try it. but And I have it. But when looking at Sea of Stars and Octopath, for a, an RPG to start on vacation, I was like, well, do I start the one I know I'm going to roll credits on in 20 to 30 hours? Or Octopath, which is apparently like an 80-hour RPG. And I can't wait to play it one day, but uh, Sea of Stars was yeah the easy choice there. Did, did you guys 100% Sea of Stars? No. I no? looked up the true ending because... Okay, good. Yeah. I yeah, would I, do that I if you don't... I would have done the true ending, but finding all the conch shells, I just didn't feel like doing that. The other stuff yeah, seemed cool, obnoxious. but collectibles is not for me. Yeah. Uh, but I, I always like to bring that up when we talk about it because... I I I think it is worth pursuing that hundred percent, right? Like I understand, like it's like eh, I don't want to go collect conch shells. T- totally reasonable. I understand that, but like even if you don't do that, look it up. Like go yeah. go see what you get by by completing the game hundred percent because it, it's absolutely worthwhile. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, we'll keep just uh, going down the list. At number eight was Jusant, which a game that man. I feel like snuck on there like near the end of the year, like in a good way. Like there's always uh, one of those. I feel like yeah. Like, I feel like, like 2021 inscription was that. Yeah. Uh, I think last year I felt. I think Marvel Snap was that. Mm. Right. Uh, yeah. All, yeah. Yeah. There's always those ones that like sneak on. Like it jumps on the wagon as it's pulling out the station. It's like wait, wait, hold on, don't forget me. Uh, yeah. No, that was one that I was like, we all kinds of previews, trailers. Every time we'd see it, I'd be like, that looks charming. But guys, this year is insane. Like I can't, I can't be making time for all these like little good games. But then Jusant just kind of snuck through, and like I think I don't know if you've beaten it, Wes. Marcus reviewed it, but like it really, I, it made it onto my personal top ten uh, right there near the end as well. I, I it's just a really beautiful, sweet game. It's yeah, one of it's my. One I, was, uh, I was just gonna say it's one of my holiday games to play. I'm like an hour in, but I started on Steam Deck, and I'm not really enjoying it on Steam Deck. 
just just because like the climb mechanics i don't know it's not feeling right i want to use a controller exactly the same for me i played about an hour on steam deck and then switched over to xbox and was it was much happier to play it over i would say almost play it on console because i think the game because the art direction looks so good that it should be seen on like a full display it is it is also one of those games that you really grip the controller in a weird way like it's just like it's all about your grip and that extends to you as the player as well and maybe an unintentional way and it's just not quite as comfortable to hold a steam deck like that (laughs) yeah that was one that i was surprised everyone else was as into it as i was you know i reviewed the game and i was like oh yeah this is great i'm gonna give this a nine but you know sometimes you're like i think this might just be a me thing because uh, it's such a specific thing that it's doing. Yeah, like Wes like, and Lies of P. The Peers. <laughs> the Peers. <laughs> but even like Lies of P, it was like, well, I like some of us and staff like Souls game. Like I like Souls games. I was like, I was always going to try it and probably like it unless it really just <clears throat> like crapped the bed. But it's like, I don't know, like a really meditative climbing game. Like, I don't know who on staff is into those. I like, I, I know I played the, I previewed it. Yeah. So I knew what I was getting into. Um, but just hearing during the goody discussions, how many people are like, oh no, this game's great. I love this. And did I, and I was like silently being like, oh my God, really? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think this had a chance to make it in the top 10. I was ready to be like, yeah, this is an editor pick for me. But then everyone started coming in out the woodwork as like Jusant lovers so i was like <laughs> yeah all right we did it <laughs> so was i just out to don't nod was i out of the know where did don't nod kind of just let this one like slip out out of the radar what like a- i feel like it didn't get i've seen a lot of discussion now because it reviewed well but i don't even know if i knew about this game until your like preview to be honest it was um because they released three well two games this year they were gonna do three but the third one banishers got delayed yeah. to next year but you know they had released harmony the fall of reverie before it right um, which i felt like that had a little bit more sort of like of a marketing push than jusant and because uh, jusant it didn't have a long marketing because it was it premiered at summer games fest like that's yeah what revealed. it was on, it on quote unquote stage at like an event because um, that's where people played yeah. it for the first time I didn't know if you'd seen it there, West. When you no, I completely missed it somehow, yeah. Okay, because I remember hearing other outlets talk about playing it and being like, oh, this seems cool. But yeah, so I guess the marketing cycle wasn't, wasn't really that long to begin with, so maybe that's why. Yeah, I just remember like you reviewed it and gave it a 9, and I was like, oh, I need to check this game out. I hadn't heard much about it up until that point. But yeah, it's cool that it's on our list. Uh, number 7, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, which... I mean, Brian Shea loved, Matt Miller loved. I I think me and Blake were actually kind of reticent about this one. I wonder it did not do a lot for me this year, but like I, I recognize the the adoration that some people have for it. I don't I don't know if you guys feel strongly about that game or not. I'm not I'm not sure where you guys are at. So this was interesting where at the time that we had our meetings, Mario was the only game on the list that I had not played at all. So I, I don't know if you guys remember, but I had largely recused myself from that discussion because like I can't really speak to it. I don't want to say it's better or worse than anything else. I'll let the people that played like when we when it came down to like comparing it against other games for a spot, I'll let the people that played both or at least played Mario sort of talk about it because it would be weird to be like, well, I think this game should be here, even though I have no idea if I love Mario or not. I've have like I'm about to beat Mario now. Like I'm pretty close to the end. So and I have enjoyed it. I'm probably in the middle of where you guys are, where like, I don't think I love it as much as Brian and, and Miller, but I definitely think I like it more than 
you and and Blake Kyle. Right. Sure. I am having yeah. a really good time with it. And it is it, it does get better as it goes. So I'm like now I'm kind of like glad it's on the list in the sense of like, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's I, I think I'm glad where it's placed. I'm like, I'm glad it's on the lower end. I think I would have more of an issue if it was on the higher end, but at number seven, I'm like, yeah, that kind of matches at least my where I'm at personally with it. So sure. We had this disclaimer a little bit in the beginning, and it's like it's good to reiterate here. I don't think this is a bad game. You know, it's like it's not like I played <laughs> and I was like, this sucks. It's just one of those things like it could be just even a matter of like I just was not in the mood for 2D Mario this year. But that might be what it comes down to for me. But um I'm about yeah. halfway through it. It was another game I played on vacation. And I'm really enjoying it, but I'm not like dying to get back to it. I think overall I've kind of cooled on uh Wonder feels like a 3D Mario game, but in 2D because they take away the clock, like the time clock, and your focus in each level is really about collecting and like basically 100%ing every level, finding the flower coins, the wonder seeds, all that. And I like that, but I don't I don't know if I necessarily am wanting 2D Mario to be that. Um and it might just because I'm it might just be because I'm stressed. No, like when I go into a level, I'm like, I'm not ending, I'm not stopping with this level until I find everything. And I might just be ruining the experience for myself. Uh, that mm. said, I'm still really enjoying it. Um, I just have needed to take a break from it. I'm not in the mood for like collectathon. Yeah. And this is one of those ones where you have to, um, again, the, the top 10 is a, a collective representation of the staff. So you, sometimes you almost have to concede to like, okay, like even if I'm like, less hot about something if there's more people that have a passion for it then that's they more or less win unless you yeah. can somehow out argue it because you don't want it you don't want it to turn into your personal list yes. <laughs> right no yeah. yeah and it's like you listen to this podcast remember you're hearing like not even half of the opinions here. <laughs> yeah <laughs> if, if you're listening to this and you're like they seem kind of middling on mario i can't believe it's like that high in their top 10 please recognize that there's a whole bunch of other people that were like over the moon for this game on yeah. this listen to all things nintendo right yeah exactly and speaking of which uh same same sort of idea a star wars jedi survivor <laughs> i don't know if that was one that any of us three were over the moon for but there were some people that felt very strongly about it on staff i i really like that game like it was one okay, good, where good, good. it it's a star wars is a great game that came out in a stacked year where it, it when it came out you're like oh yeah this is like this is better than fallen order in basically every way which i think fallen order was already like a really good game um but then it was it came out like right before that big juggernaut of May of like, oh, Breath of the Wild's here. And then June came it's like, oh, Diablo's here and, and Street Fighter and, and Final Fantasy. It's all here. So it got buried real fast. Oh, yeah. um, but for like it, it, it almost in a horizon like fashion. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I it was one of those like, yeah, in a even looking back on it, it's like, yeah, I had a lot of fun with that game, like a lot of fun. And you almost have to remove that. um recency bias to sort of like scrape away and try to get back to how you felt when it first came out you know and that was where i was like yeah like yeah star wars was good i'm, I'm down with getting that on there and again especially because other people and staff that aren't here were like you mentioned like super into it and i was and i was super into it too like you know maybe not as much but i i really like that game yeah it's it's what i want to play more of i loved it and beat it like devoured it up and it had some of my favorite it had probably my favorite video game moment in recent years until I played Final Fantasy 16. 
um, which then took over. And then for some reason, like the, the more time went on, my opinion of Survivor didn't change. I just didn't think about it really ever. And when I'm like picking the games of the year for me, like they, it's the ones that like stick with me all year, um, which in a, in a year like this is especially important for me because like every game I played this year could be on the list arguably in some way. Um, so like Survivor was great and I loved it. Uh, for me personally, it didn't like stick with me as much as I would have thought, um, but I'm happy with six. And yeah, we had, I think it was Miller and uh, Charles who were like, this yeah. is like way up there for them. Um, yeah. And yeah, Alex, Alex too. too. Alex, yeah, yes, Alex that's well. right. Yeah. Um, it's a great game though. Yeah. Any, uh, any other year than 2023, I think it would be like a good bit higher to be honest. Yeah. Probably top five. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, speaking of top five, uh, Wes, I believe your favorite game of the year, yeah, right? Yeah, Alan Wake 2. Yeah. This is the one I'm most excited to talk about because I think this game, more than any on the list, sort of encompasses the spirit of this list. Because I've seen people be like, how Game Informer gave this a 7.75. How is this on your top 10, let alone like... can't believe they did that. What were they thinking? <laughs> And it's like, again, this I, I'm I'm happy it's on the list because of this, because it's like, Kyle, you reviewed the game. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I am the one that gave it a 775. And that's that's how I felt about that game. It just didn't. I love Remedy. I will continue to love Remedy. I will be there day one for all of their games. Like, absolutely. But Alan Wake 2 just like didn't like click with me in the same way it did for some people. Um, And it like a lot of the discussions for me were like, you know, I, I'm not going to like fight for it to like not be on the list when there's a whole bunch of people on staff who like who it did click with and they loved it. You know, like I it's like I just I'm sort of a dissenting opinion among many other really positive ones. And like I was I was certainly it's like and the thing about Alan Wake, too, is that it's such like a strange, interesting game. That even though it's like I I, I I didn't like love it as much as most people, it's still something I want to like highlight and point to and be like, I want other developers to be this weird and experimental, you know? <laughs> like that's that's cool with me. <laughs> yeah, and it's not like any of us like we're not saying that Kyle was wrong. Yeah. You know, the people that liked Alan Wake more of like, how could you do this? It's like is his opinion and his score is as valid as any of ours, because that's just how criticism works, right? It's like, hey, you know. I like chocolate. You like vanilla. Nobody's wrong. (laughs) And and I, you know, like this, like so many other people on staff, like Wes were so passionate about Alan Wake. Uh, Blake was another one who was a cheerleader for it. It's like, you can't deny that passion. So it's like, again, it becomes almost like a numbers game. Like, well, more people are saying this is their game of the year, like their personal game of the year or close to it. So it's gotta be on the list. Right. Just so, so I'm, I'm happy it's there for that. I'm like, People just as a reminder to people that a review score is is representative of one person's opinion and not the staff. So when people do those arbitrary comparisons, like, well, they gave this score this, but this other completely different game from a completely different writer is this score. It doesn't make sense. And it's like, no, it doesn't make sense when you look at it like that. (laughs) It's it's not because that's not how you that's not how that works. You know, you can't get mad at Kyle and then be like, well, they gave street fighter six and nine. It's like, yeah, it's a fighting game for totally different genre and expectations from yeah. a different person with different tastes. <laughs> and again, you think that should go without saying, but obviously not. Alas. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Story. Of yeah. Our lives. Alan Wake two is my personal game of the year. And, and to everything we've said here, like I read Kyle's review 
but before I played the game and after. And I'm like, yeah, I 100% see like all his criticism, all the things he said about it. I can see it's just like when I played the game, different parts hit differently for me. So like the, the things that weighed down his experience didn't weigh down my experience. And so the highs that I was getting from the game elevated even more. And that's like, we are different people and that's how life works. Um, but yeah, Alan Wake 2, I I never played the first Alan Wake. It's just, it's one of those games where it just has so much of what Wesley wants in a game for its formula that I was like a couple hours in and I was like, man, I am just, I couldn't stop playing the game. Like just vibes, the 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 visuals, the storytelling, the, the weirdness of it all. It was just so unique and different that um, for me, it's like the standout for me. Um, but it's so easy to see people who don't, don't like the, I have friends who are playing it and they're like, I just don't, I don't see what you see in this game. And I'm, and I hear what they say they don't like about it. And I'm like, that's you're fair. not friends with that that's anymore. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're moving, they're moving yeah. to Minnesota now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think like five is a, is the, the perfect spot for it on our list, uh, given the different the like, passions for this game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Marcus, are, did you are you an Alan Wake fan? I mean, did it? I'm like looking at your top ten. I didn't even. It's not on your top ten. Did you play it or? I'm still playing it, so play, okay. that's why it's not in my top ten. It's more of a like I I at the time we had to do our top tens. I hadn't played enough to, you know, to know whether or not it would beat the other games that I had finished or played more of. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was more of a numbers game. Anything I'm I put a lot more time into it now. I've not finished it, but I I'm enjoying it. I don't think I'm. I'm I'm like as like this is a revelatory experience as oh, sure, sure, other yeah. people, but I I am having a good time. Like I am recognizing like okay, this is a really cool thing that they're doing. Like the way, especially the art direction and and the mixed media stuff, I think is awesome. I I find I got past a, a few days ago the the big part that is our moment of the year. Yeah, which I'm almost seen- upset was sort of like spoiled for me at the game awards like oh gosh i didn't even think of that yeah which i didn't realize because i watched it not knowing what that was I <laughs> you were probably just, like what just, is this game why is i just Sam thought they were Lake doing on like, stage because yeah. i was like oh that game's goofy they're just doing a goofy musical number on stage and i didn't realize that. oh no that's just straight from the game okay yeah uh, <laughs> yeah that so. was one of those moments i remember playing it pre-release and being like i I I can't talk about this. I can't tell anyone about this until I know for sure they have played the game, and this is going to be one of the best moments of the year. And it, it was Game Informers. First. I think that was a good idea in hindsight to to put that out there into Game Awards. Such a big moment to just basically say, "Here it is." Um, when yeah. the game was like barely two months old. I feel like the people that actually not even two months old, like a month and a half, maybe at most. I think that that sequence was like for the Alan Wake sickos. Whether it's like the ones who have been with Alan Wake for 13 years or the people who played it recently. And like, they have played Alan Wake two already because they are the sickos. Um, (laughs) So I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it was, it worked. And then, well, you hadn't gotten to that moment yet, but I like, I had a friend who has not played it and he was watching and he, that like got him to start it. That, that was something that enticed him to start it. Cause he was like, I want to like, what is, this um yeah gosh. but yeah, yeah at that point months later yeah i don't know because it's not like just, spoiling it, the game it's just spoiling a moment like it's not spoiling the story it, no or anything. it's, it's a, not it's yeah. like a it's so i mean it's it's one of a kind so it's hard to even like know how to talk about this like it's 
no other game. I will has say like it. The way it's actually implemented in the game is much different than what you watched. Like it's the same core thing, but it's like in terms of how it actually unfolds, in the game is much different. And that was a surprise to me. Like actually going through the same. Like okay, this is this is actually cooler than just watching it. I, I I like what they did here. I don't know if I've seen anything like this in the game. So like, and that was another one where like you know because we voted it as our best moment. You know, spoiler for later discussion. And at the time, again, I that was when I just recuse myself i just like i believe you guys because you guys are so passionate about <laughs> i trust it. you all yeah, yeah um but now i'm like okay i see it now yeah, yeah. this 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 rules okay yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh number four a less divisive game i i think maybe arguably is a resume Four remake which i think i think everyone but I think Charles, I don't know if he's played it. Charles, I think, started it and, and didn't have anything negative to say about it. I don't want to speak on, you know, <laughs> I'm not trying to throw Charles under the bus. But he was just kind of like, eh, it seems okay. I, I don't know. I, he has no nostalgia. He had never original. played the original either, I yeah, think. But I so think he had an interesting perspective of like, he doesn't have that nostalgia yeah. attachment. But I, but I think all the rest of us were just like, yeah, just it's Resident Evil 4. It, man, <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's so good. It's it's my number two. Like, I, I loved Resident Evil 4. Yeah, it's my number three on my personal list. And yeah, I think the only like any form of pushback was like, and we decided this immediately was like, okay, are we, are we going to throw this game on as a remake? Like, is it, is it eligible? Which I, we have that discussion every year of like, are remakes eligible for the top 10? And it just comes down to like, oh, it depends how good the remake is. Really? (laughs) And I think this was the year where like, they did so much more to it than just make it look nicer that it does feel like a, a new game and you know i've oh, said yeah, this a million yeah. times but it's like they they did what maybe no other remake has done where like it tricks your brain to thinking that it came out in 2023 originally yeah. instead of 2005 like it feels like a brand new modern game and then to the point where like i bet people that didn't play the original or don't know that it's a remake because it's not like it's this remake on the title or anything um i feel like they would be surprised if you told them that like no no, no this is this came out like almost 20 years ago actually yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's this is the nice quote-unquote version of it um capcom has been smart to release these remakes when they do because they're like they're giving it time for us to to get to a remake like this and then be like oh yeah like we actually could have used this this is great whereas like when you play the last of us part one for example which did not make our list last year or i don't even think it was in the discussion i don't know if anybody was like played that and it was revelatory or you felt like it needed to exist it's great i mean blake was negative on it yeah he wrote an opinion piece saying like yeah it actually diminishes my memory of the first game yeah or the original version of it i guess like a good remake requires the amount of time to simmer like it needs to let time happen between the two um and i think capcom picked a perfect time for that yeah sometimes a game just needs to be really good at what it does and there's not much more to it than that yeah yeah the main game and the separate ways dlc which is also really really good um it's like this game we can't you can't deny it like we all love this game the people that most of us that played it so yeah i have a i have it on iphone now um this (laughs) apple sent it to me i'm kind of like do i play it again on there i maybe i might play i might play it again on my phone maybe we'll see what is the Uh, name like when you if you don't hook up a controller to it how do they make you play is it like gyro or do you use like touch screen they make it unplayable in an interesting way uh (laughs) it's nearly impossible it's it's a virtual uh controller on the screen Uh, um which i showed marcus uh the do you remember marcus i played village 
it is one yeah. to one. It's this exact same oh, okay. for Resident Evil. I saw 4. that in GTA. That's what I yeah. figured. Yeah. yeah. So even it looks great. It's cool to have it on an iPhone. But if you're it's at, don't you get some <laughs> kind of backbone controller or or Bluetooth your PS4 controller or something like that game was not made to be played with a touch screen and it shows. Um, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, good game. Don't I've, touch Leon. Don't touch Leon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, number three, another. I, I not particular not another one that I don't think was really divisive really was Spider-Man 2 like I the most negative thing that I feel like we said about it in all our discussions were like we didn't like the story as much as like the other two and even that was like I don't know it was just this game that all of us played and had a great time with ultimately <laughs> like yeah, it know? was like it was like the biggest con but like the pro column had just way too much. Whereas like, if the worst thing we can say is like, eh, the story, which is still good. Yes. Wasn't as good as the first two, which is those first two stories, especially miles Morales are so good. It is like, we're not saying this is a bad story. It's just following two very, very, very good stories. Yeah. And it's also the one that like, if you go back to miles or the original Spider-Man, like that's what, when you realize like how improved two is in terms of like speed and the, and the gliding and all those things, everything else basically. Yeah. yeah, I I think like (laughs) we've had this discussion a few times for like updating lists and stuff. And I think me and Marcus especially have been like, look, besides story, everything in Spider-Man two is better than the other ones. Like it's just the story that didn't land as hard, but like, I don't, I don't know if you guys have gone back to one or miles Morales, but it is, a little tough to play like with two so yeah. fresh on my mind i miss the wings i miss the speed i miss some of the powers like i mean even having like the weapon selection streamlined in two i think people forget when you play the the first game miles morales like you had to pause the game constantly to to do that weapon wheel to select your web gadgets so like you're you're constantly kind of like like spoiling the pace of like combat encounters and to just have it even that little thing with Spider-Man 2, like, no, I could just select it just instantly and I could still keep going. Like, that's hard to go back to now in the, in the other two games. Um, and then just the side missions being more meaningful and having just more meat to them in this game. And obviously the web swinging being the best it's ever been and, and just the combat. It's like, yeah, this is just this is just hands down, like, just a better Spider-Man game. Like, they've learned. This is the culmination of all the lessons they've learned with the last two games realized here. Yeah. You know, good game. Turns out great game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I wonder if we talk about one and two in tandem. Uh, because they were. Right. It really came down to our, our like. Uh, look, I'm just gonna say. I'm just gonna say, you guys. Our number two was Baldur's Gate three, and our number one was Ooh, Tears of the Kingdom. Like tomatoes flying at us. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, I, I think I we had a like a TGA's prediction episode. I think even then I was like I was pretty i was like i bet Baldur's gate 3 is is gonna take it just because the people who have loved it are just absolutely over the moon for it it's just like it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to them and i'm happy for them i'm always i'm always fascinated by people that get so offended by the rankings of other people you know like and i say this because like this is like where it's happening right it's like yeah there's the tears of the kingdom camp and then there's the Baldur's Gate 3 camp. And I've noticed because Baldur's Gate 3 is our number two, it's like it's like we told them that it wasn't on the list at all with how angry some of them are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And right. it's like we just like we said it's the second best game of arguably the best 
year ever. Like only one game <laughs> is higher than it. Yeah. But that's not good enough. <laughs> it's like, and I get being passionate about it. And I say this as someone that really loves Baldur's Gate 3. I'm still playing through it. And I, I said this in the last episode, like I've put in more time since we had to originally put our list together. And I, if I was making my top 10 now, it would be a spot or two higher because it's just that good. But I just, I'm with you, Kyle. Like just, if you point a gun to my head, I'm going to also say Zelda because I, I had an amazing time with Zelda and just, and I, I don't know. I've always, I, I don't know. I don't get it sometimes. The like, these, the sheer vitriol that people have when you see a list yeah, from, and you I go like, know. you guys' opinions don't match mine, so I hate you now. And it's like, I, uh, it's cool if it's your favorite game of the year. We're not, it doesn't take that away or it doesn't take away the fact that it's one that's already won a ton of awards from other places. And yeah. no, we didn't pick it to be hipsters and be like, yeah, we're going to be different by no. giving it to Zelda. It's like and that it, never is a factor ever. And I mean, and, and it's also, it's, it's not a vote, right? We don't really vote yeah, really on don't. these in the proper sense. It's more like a measure of internal passion. And there is was absolutely some really strong passion for Baldur's Gate 3. But I think uh, Matt Miller, editor-in-chief, his smart sort of re- reaction was kind of like, all right, you know, because it was. We're between Baldur's Gate 3 and Zelda. Like, those were the two that we were trying to, to, to figure out the one and two spots. And, and Matt was like, well, let's take a step back and I want everyone to sort of put together their personal top tens. And I want us to like reflect on those and look at those before we make the final decision. And like for anyone that is con- is surprised that we put Zelda first as an outlet, look at all the editor top tens. I mean, there there's there's just more general passion for Zelda among this group. You know, yeah. Um, right. I think it it just more is representative of of Game Informer, um, in that more of us just love Zelda. I mean, we all love Zelda, and we and and like Baldur's Gate three is a weird one for me because it's it's really not my genre, um, but like I admire it, and I am sort of blown away by what it was able to to pull off this year. It's it's really been incredible, um, but um, I I yeah, I mean there was we just a lot of us really loved Zelda a lot. I'm one of them. I absolutely adore Tears of the Kingdom, you know? Yeah, I'm actually having flashbacks to those discussions. I, I want to stress that, like, it was not an easy decision. I mean, no, I no, not at all. Is with these, but, like, that was one where we had to revisit it and come back after a few days or a week so more people could play Baldur's Gate, and then it all, it felt like it's easier now that we're, you know, it's done and we can move away from it, but it felt like no matter what the outcome was, it would feel almost a little bad because you're like, oh, maybe yeah. it should be Zelda. That's number one and not Baldur's Gate. Like, and even then it's like, maybe it should be Baldur's Gate. I don't know. Yeah, Which is no. a sign that they're both really great games. And it's like, I don't know what the right answer is. Like, can we just say they're both 1A and 1B or something? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's cheating. Uh, we of can't course. do that. We don't do that here. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I, I, I really love Tears of the Kingdom. I mean, I... It, we've talked about it a lot throughout the year of just what that game does and the way it sort of the tools that it gives you. And then the arguments for Baldur's Gate three were just about how much control it gives you over the narrative and like the direction of the game. And it's, it's interesting that are these two games in particular are so elevated by sort of a player direction and like their sort of control over what they want the experience to be, but in different ways, like it's, it's interesting that those two games are similar in in some ways emotionally but then like mechanically like staggeringly different it's it's so it's so strange that those two games are kind of 
I don't know. To me, the two defining games of, of 2023. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah any, any other final thoughts on our top 10 before we talk about some of our, uh, our uh, what do we call them? Genre awards? Category winners, we call them? I mean, we could talk about, if you want to run down the list, like games that just were on the bubble that didn't make it. Like, Oh, Eliza yeah, sure, P. sure. Yeah, Lies like, P. There was um like a, uh, oh, God. I'm trying to pull up our, like now. our list now. Yeah. I know Mortal Kombat 1 was one that you know was briefly discussed well we had we had our editor picks right the way we do it in the magazines we have our top 10 list and then we have category winners which are like you know best microsoft exclusive best rpg etc and then we do editor picks where we uh pick a num we pick uh, oh gosh we i think we we get the number i think we had like 25 editor picks this year some yeah 20 something like that and it, and the, and that's the space where we all sort of are individually write about like our our favorite games we, we that that didn't quite make the top 10 but we still love and i think like yeah i mean i think for for us three we can even kind of run down the ones that we wrote like i really loved cocoon and pikmin 4 um the dead space remake uh wolong fallen dynasty was one that i was excited to have because it was kind of like lies of p absolutely was like if you're going to look at the the souls like that from software didn't make this year i feel like lies of p was like the winner but then i was kind of like i I, but i actually really enjoyed wolong as well as like this really fun sort of sekiro inspired like heavily focused on counters style of a of of a from of from inspired souls like game so i i was excited to to put a piece in there um but Wes, Sorry, do you when remember you up, uh, when you brought up pikmin 4 i feel like that was another one that was in discussion for top 10 too yeah i think uh, so i think, I, I think yeah. just not enough played it really like it's yeah you gave it a nine right or maybe yeah i loved yeah pikmin 4 i really liked a lot it was, it was and it re- gave, like it and it wasn't just like a Kyle thing. Like everyone that reviewed Pikmin Four, like really loved Pikmin yeah. Four. I, just, I like Pikmin Four. Yeah, I think it just for a lot of us flew under the radar, or like not under the radar. We knew about it, but just didn't get to it. Not when enough it, of us. When did it come out? Was it like a rough time? It's like September, it feels like August, September, or something. Which like was that. Baldur's Gate Three time, so the rest of the yeah. world was playing Jul- Baldur's Gate Three probably. It was July, July twenty fourth. Oh, July. Okay, it's also one like, of those. Pikmin is kind of one of those games that you like you sort of know what to expect, right? Like even my pitch for Pikmin 4 is like it's the best Pikmin. You know, yeah. where it's like with video games with us in particular, I think we sort of try to seek out the experiences that we know will do something new for us or maybe something we haven't really seen in a video game before as a, instead of like this is a really this is the best version of that game you're familiar with. You know, it's it's kind of why like a lot of us don't really get super excited about call of duty every year like and and that i'm not even talking about the fact that the campaign was really underwhelming this year but i mean like for the last like five or six years we're, we're all kind of like yeah, we we know what that game's gonna be you know i'd rather spend my time playing jusant you know yeah yeah like zelda had ultra hand and ascend and all those cool things that <clears throat> really flipped the game on its head yeah, and Pikmin on its face was like, yeah, like a really good Pikmin game, and it is definitely the best Pikmin game ever. But I think Pikmin, in terms of uh, Nintendo's franchises, it's like more. It's not as universally like I'm gonna say loved, but it's not. It's like you really know whether you like that style of game or not. I feel like Mario and Zelda have broader appeal in general, whereas Pikmin is such a very weird and specific thing it does, where it's like. It's it's just a little bit more polarizing by default. Like even the best version of Pikmin, if you 
if you're just not into what that game's doing, you're just not going to like it. It's yeah. also, yeah. I haven't played oh. four yet, and I know three was like easier, but Pikmin is not an easy game. Like in the same way that you can jump into Mario or Zelda and like kind of less so Zelda, but kind of have a good idea of what you're doing. Like especially Pikmin one and two, which I played for the first time, like in the past two years, man, those are hard games. Like, I don't know how children on GameCube were (laughs) playing through them. Pikmin two gave me so much trouble and I've been playing games for like 20 years. So like to your point, not only is it like a broadly appealing game, it's also not I don't like I don't know if kids picking it up like they might an eight year old might see a cute Pikmin. I don't know how far they're going to get into a Pikmin game, though. Yeah, they're very like systems heavy games, really, because it's ultimately like a management sim. I want to shout out also because he's not here to to do it. Uh, Humanity was one that I feel like we were it was in serious discussion for top 10. Purely yes. like Blake yep. and Alex's passion. Uh, and I feel like it just got like narrowly got cut. Um, but there was a there was a time where humanity almost made the top ten. Yeah, I think uh, you're right. Yeah. Um, do you guys want to go to like I was uh, West? Do you want to go over like the ones that you wrote editor picks? I have the list in front of me. If yeah. you don't, I can tell you. I've got I it. Can yeah. remind you what you wrote <laughs> if you need. Uh, Liza P was the like the first editor's pick I chose, and it was like pretty yeah. obvious why. And I've already talked about it, but I mean Liza P rules. If you like Souls Likes, you should play Liza P. Uh, the next one I wrote was Disney Illusion Island, which. I don't think ever really had a shot in our top 10. I think I gave it an 8.5. But like as someone who likes Disney, you know, I live two hours away from Orlando. I've been to Disney World a lot of times. I like Disney's history. Uh, I I talked to the studio for like a big feature. I really got to know them and like their fascination with Disney and then Disney's involvement with this. There was just so much love put into this game and like care to the history of Mickey Mouse, which is one of the most famous characters in the world. Um, and then to get to play like as Mickey Mouse and friends in this really fun family friendly platformer, there's no combat. It's just all about platforming through this very pretty world. One of the best scores of the year, like undoubtedly the music of Disney illusion Island is fantastic. It's orchestral too. It's really great. Uh, I wrote a feature about the music talking to the composer on Kim Informer if you want to read it. Um, yeah, this is like a game I would recommend to anyone with a family or kids who are trying to get into games uh, or anyone that just likes Disney. Like if you want a feel good Saturday morning, Disney type cartoon experience, uh, Disney illusion Island is awesome. Uh, And the other one I wrote besides those two was immortals of avium, which is the first person shooter, but instead of guns, it's magic game came out from ascendant studios in July or August. It got delayed to get away from games and to get some polish. And unfortunately it just slotted right into another part of the year that was extremely busy. And Such a tough year. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, if you're not like an established IP or a giant new game, like final fantasy 16, for example, it was a tough year and immortals of avium was trying to do something different in the shooter genre. And it's a new IP from a new studio had a lot going against it. Unfortunately, I really liked it. I gave it an eight. Um, it's, it did a lot new in the shooter genre, which I appreciate because for the most part, I'm not too wowed by shooters these days. Like, especially the, at least the big AAA releases like Call of Duty and whatnot. I like them, but I know what I'm getting. Immortals of Avium flipped the script on me and gave me lots of new. Um, and I just kind of wanted to highlight that it's, I think it's really cool that a new studio was like, we're going to 
put out a AAA first-person shooter, but it's not going to be military like all the other ones. We're going to try something different. Um, I wish it worked better for them because the studio unfortunately went through layoffs this year after the game's release, which sucks. Um, yeah. And I don't. I mean, I don't know the status of Ascendant Studios, but they laid off forty-five percent of the staff, which sucks a lot. Um, and I think it's just. Yeah, the game didn't get into enough people's hands. But if you want a good first-person shooter that'll take you 10, 15 hours, definitely check out Immortals of Avium. Yeah, that game feels destined to be like a cult favorite years later where we're going to look yeah. back and be like, man, if people didn't give this game a real shot because it came out in such a loaded year where it just got buried, you know, it's like, man, this was really cool. You know, we should we should do this again. It's one of those <laughs> yeah. games. I'm already, I've, I have like various video game podcasts. I listen to it's one of those where like, they're talking about end of the year stuff. And they're like, yeah, I, I tried out that immortals of avium game recently. And man, that's like a pretty good game. And I'm like, ah, I wish you tried it months ago. Uh, they're coming. <laughs> it's coming on to it late. Yeah. yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Marcus. Yeah. I, you had a few as well, obviously. Uh, let's see. Bayonetta. I know you've been like a big proponent of that one. Oh yeah, I mean I won't I won't bore people because I feel like I had my my bayonetta rah rah session last. We, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you, thank you, Michael Heim, for being my my co cheerleader on that because it's also one of his top ten games of the year. Uh, yeah, that was one where I was like I knew that was like my number one editor pick of like of anything else that I could shout out like there's nothing more that I want to this needs to go somewhere because it right, felt like one yeah, of those yeah. games where like I, I tried to put it as in as many categories for like possible nominations of like oh best art direction or best like soundtrack but it again because of how stacked the year was it was like man I don't think it's going to beat you know like oh, Final Fantasy is the best soundtrack it's not going to beat that <laughs> 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 Alan Wake's in best art direction dang it it just felt like there was always something bigger that was going to one up it where it just wasn't good enough to get it over the edge so like it it became my mission of like at least get as many people on staff to check it out as possible so i'm not the only like person on an island like hey you know that bayonetta game that looks like a winnie the pooh story is pretty good (laughs) 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 uh so i'm glad that one was there um trying to remember my other editor uh dredge dredge was another one you dredge yeah. That was a cool one because that was one we didn't, we weren't able to do a review of. That was one of the games sort of just slipped through the cracks in terms of like the review period. Um, and then I think some of us got to it afterwards. Um, I like Dredge a lot. I think I, it's funny because I hate fishing in real life. I just it bores me. I don't have the patience for it. Um, and I actually don't like fishing in video games a lot. Like fishing mini games also annoy me and they really got to be like, pretty engaging for me to want to like ignore the actual fun stuff in the game like the main story and stuff like why would i sit here and pretend to do a thing a virtual version of a thing i don't even like doing in real life (laughs) so and uh dredge found a way to make that fun with like the horror stuff on the edges and just the weird story that it tells and i think it looks nice too i don't think people give that game's art direction enough credit i think it's got like a kind of a nice style and especially like the character portraits like how weird everybody yeah. looks it's, 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 it's creepy like, you know it, yeah, intentionally like just, yeah and the, all the like the demon fish that you find when you find like the corrupted version of, uh, of them they look genuinely kind of like that's gross get that why are we keeping this <laughs> throw that back in the water it's got like weird eyeballs all over it um so yeah i i like that game i think it's a uh, for like indie games it's one that i think people should go out of their way to check out more and uh 
you know, another indie game, Dave the Diver, they just got that free DLC that is like a crossover at Dredge, which yeah. is pretty cool. The, the, the two big fishing games of the year coming <laughs> together. Um, and and Sea of Stars. I, sea of Stars has a lot of fishing, too, if you want to pursue it. You know what? I actually like Sea of Stars as fishing. It's <laughs> Me one too. Of the I, I, I will stop. And granted, it's also we kind of have to because I was like, well, I got to cook food, so I better go get some shrimp. <laughs> get some shrimp. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> at least they make it quick and painless. Yeah. So I, I shout out to that fishing. Um, one that came in pretty hot is Venba. Mm, where right, yeah. I beat that game like two weeks ago. It's a very short game, like two hours. Um, but it was one that as soon as I beat it, I was like, okay, we still have slots for editor picks, right? Like, can I get this on there? Because I think we should mention this. This is another one that we weren't able to review. Just again, so much stuff and so little time. Um, but I'm glad I played it. That game rules. Um, you know, it's, if you haven't seen it, it's a cooking game. Well, it's weird because it's like, I almost had to call it a cooking game of like, yes, cooking is the main mechanic, but it's more of like a narrative drama that uses cooking more as like a vehicle to tell a really like affecting story about uh immigrant parents from india coming to canada and all the struggles that come with that mainly trying to raise a son that was born there who is now kind of like having an identity crisis about embracing his heritage while also trying to basically assimilate with his like canadian friends and going through the thing of like well i don't want to bring our food to them because I get made fun of for it because you know it's not pizza it's like this weird dish that is native to you know their their Tamil and so and I I like that story a lot and yeah you know if you're not I'm not even like the child of immigrant parents but I think that game's like if you're an, uh, a child of an immigrant parent I think you should absolutely go out of your way to play because I think it hits a lot of the same uh, those familiar themes but I think even if you're not just the broader message of just like not forgetting where you came from and not being ashamed of you know, your background, regardless of what it is, hit home a lot. Uh, and again, it's a short game. You can finish it in like under two hours. The art direction looks great. Music's great. Uh, it rules. So yeah. I'm glad that I was able to to call that out. Uh, Wes, another one is Theater Rhythm. Final Fantasy. That was, you wrote that Oh, yeah. Well. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Theater Rhythm is one of the best games of the year, but I don't, just because of what it is, I don't think it really had any shot of cracking too many top tens. Like, yeah, it, is- it was an interesting discussion because we were kind of like, it's sort of like another version of of the 3ds game, but it is new, yeah. but it's kind of not. <laughs> no, Which it's not. A, it's me. more than a remake. It's less of. It's not a. It's way more than a remaster. Like, it, it was a. It's a weird one, but but one that you loved undeniably, yeah. right? It's like it's a niche within a niche, so. I I think more people should play it if you like Final Fantasy music, but I don't even know if liking Final Fantasy music is enough to like theater rhythm because it is a music rhythm game first and foremost with arguably some of the best music in all the video games, of course. But it is a weird music video game, and I had played them on 3DS, so I knew what I was getting into because uh, it's not trying to be guitar here. It's not trying to be rock band or amplitude or anything like that. It is its very own mechanics, and they're strange and weird. And they don't even necessarily feel good at first, but they do eventually click. Um, for me, it was just like, yeah, it's 360 plus Final Fantasy songs. Each has its own little vignette thing that plays when you play the song. Uh, it's a great rhythm game, and it's a great way for me to listen to some of my favorite music and games. I, I mean, it was that simple for me. Like, <laughs> I right. just had a great time. It didn't 
really have any issues other than like i wonder what a final fantasy with a less strange rhythm game would be like um but like i can't fault it for that it's trying to do something different and it, and it does it well uh it's great it's one i still play probably one of the games i played most this year outside of like multiplayer uh just because it's fun to just go in there and play oh now there's chrono trigger tracks or oh now near's there or final fantasy 16 which is very awesome um yeah if you like final fantasy music and you like rhythm games give or it a shot square enix music really true I mean, yeah at this point you know, now yeah, yeah. Because they got, they added like near tracks, right? Yeah, near the world ends with you, Chrono series, Xeno Gears. Um, yeah. What happened? They added. Can we get like um, Kingdom Hearts? Is not there. (laughs) Oh, that's surprising. You gotta go play. You gotta go play Melody of Memory. I was about to say it got its own (laughs) sort of rhythm game last year, right? Yeah, right. Nomura would have to justify narratively why it was in the rhythm. They're like, well, if it doesn't tie to the story, I don't. I'm not interested. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah Sora would have to acknowledge that in Kingdom Hearts 4 uh, but yeah we can run through a bunch of other of these just sort of quickly uh, like a Dragon Gaiden was one that we were like kind of going between Ishin and Gaiden and we, we ended up going Gaiden which I think is the right call I didn't play Ishin this year but I played Gaiden and, and really enjoyed it uh, Mortal Kombat 1 uh, Viewfinder it was actually one that I wrote that I forgot about um, Diablo 4 uh star we did starfield we gave an editor pick uh i know matt had a good time with that one uh dave the diver assassin's creed mirage i mean uh, mario rpg uh the murder of sonic the hedgehog i like that we got on there yeah. kind of at the last so second we weren't that's... we weren't sure if we we're gonna have room for it but charles uh yeah. put one of those on there um the best sonic game of the year <laughs> yeah i, yeah, I, know, <laughs> I say but... this is the guy that reviewed superstars <laughs> uh yeah what what do we want to approach i mean because we like we could should we go i can go through the category winners quickly or i can yeah i would love to do category because i have a there's one game that we have not talked about and there's a reason for that but it ties into our category discussions right and i feel like and that is a final fantasy 16 right i i feel like that was the biggest game that we just did not know what to do with it in terms of like where to put it because like i think generally a lot of us really liked it but like ultimately not enough to get in the top 10. But then we liked individual elements of it so much that it won like quite a few, like I think it won like three different category awards because it won like yeah. best score, music. And hero, um, I think. Yeah, Clive. Yeah, hero. hero. Yeah, yeah, Clive won best hero, which is, we can get into that discussion too for a bit for people that wonder what that actually means. And I think it won something else that I'm forgetting. Best boss. Um, Best boss fight, yeah, the, yes. the Bahamut. Boss oh, right, fight. yeah, because yeah. um, that was one that we were like, it was we were talking about maybe doing the end of Tears of the Kingdom as well. I think it was sort of the debate there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or what, did, did we put that as boss fight or moment? Well, or we was that best, we best moment was Alan Wake, to? and then we That's yeah. right. boss fight was. Uh, it's off boss fight was final fantasy and then what we did is we gave ganondorf like best villain to sort of encompass everything about fighting him and who he was in that game like yeah we 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 kind of find ways to try to give uh flowers to the games we we want in different ways you know yeah because like traditionally best moment is one that gi's had for years but like you said it came down to like the big one was like the bahamut fight and then you know, Alan Wake, and it was like, well, what if we, we still want to talk about the the Bahamut fight? Just because Wes and so you were like super passionate about that, so like, yeah, well, oh, this yeah. boss fight that could work. There's a lot of good boss fights this year. Let's just 
let's just make it's you realize like hey we can make our own rules it's our, yes <laughs> it's yeah, our yeah. list we can make our own categories as we go when when needed um but yeah final fantasy just felt like it was in this interesting limbo of like we want to give it its flowers but i guess not enough to put it in like a sort of a dedicated space yeah i don't I, think it's anyone's editor pick either i gave it an 8.5 when i reviewed it and i'm of all my reviews this year, I mean, I'm very proud of all my scores. I feel like for Final Fantasy 16, that's the one that I like truly nailed the most. And even looking back, I'm like, <laughs> I, I nailed it with 8.5 because, because it, <laughs> no, it kind of yeah, and it kind of speaks to this list where it's like it has so much good going for it. Like if you do the highlight reel of Final Fantasy 16, it's one of the best games of the year. But like it has like an 8.5, it's almost a nine, but it has just a few things where it's like ah, I wish you didn't do this or I wish you did this better. And I think when you're arguing a top 10 in the year that is 2023, there's really no room for games that didn't pretty much excel in all ways. Like every game on our top 10 is, I mean, it's awesome. It's it's the top 10 best games of the year. Like they have little to argue about them not being great Um, for, for a lot of people on staff. And yeah, I think that was 16's, thing is we were like oh it does have this it's so great but it also didn't really nail the rpg part of the game but its combat is amazing but sometimes it gets repetitive and yeah yeah I know. that was a tough one uh yeah we also we do like to we sort of lean on our top 10 list that we come up with to sort of give a lot of category winners so like game of the year with zelda and then like for example best sony exclusive goes to Spider-Man because we called that was it the third or fourth best game of the year. Number I know we three. just went over the list, but I've already forgotten. And so we want to like highlight that as like, if we're going to put it this high on our list then it deserves uh, the category, but, so, but some of the ones that didn't sort of slot into that, right. Where you could look at the top 10 and extrapolate things was like a uh, best Microsoft exclusive was hi-fi rush, uh, which there really wasn't much of a debate there. That was a pretty yeah, that easy was pretty pick. unanimous. Yeah, <laughs> you know, sorry, Starfield. But yeah, I mean, truly, like Hi-Fi yeah. Rush more. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the I remember PC exclusive was kind of a funny one because there were so few proper PC exclusives this year. It would have been uh, Baldur's it, Gate. Yeah, it would have been Baldur's Gate. Or it would have been yeah. Dave the Diver if it hadn't come to Switch. Honestly, yeah, yeah, sure. probably. But yeah, Alex was a really big proponent for Friends versus Friends. Uh, which is like a, a fun multiplayer shooter. Um, and fire, uh, best strategy, Fire Emblem Engage, which is like the perfect to me example of like, oh, right. Yes, that was a 2023 game and we did like it. We got to make sure we don't that, forget it. That yeah. was literally like, I think January, like first couple weeks of January when that came out. Because that's the first piece I wrote in uh, for Game Informer in January was my review, yeah. I think. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm glad we were able to give that one some flowers because I think a lot of people forgot about it. And it's a it's a good game. And then uh similarly, uh we did uh we had best action, which we wanted to give to Spider-Man too, because we felt that that was like if you look at it as like an overall piece uh with every element of the of the game for action, we uh we liked Spider-Man too. But we wanted to highlight the 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 action of Armored Core 6, which if you focus in on that one element of the game, we loved that, so we 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 gave uh, Armored Core Six best combat uh, because we just love the combat of Armored Core Six. If that's not clear, like think of it as like saying like Die Hard is the best action movie ever made, but does that necessarily mean it has the best fight scenes of any movie? No, like yeah, that's a good maybe way. To the put best it. choreographed fight scenes is like I don't know, 
off the top of my head, let's just say like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon or something. We're like, oh, the fight scenes are way better in that one. But yeah. like as an overall action experience, I'll take Die Hard. And yeah. that's kind of the distinction. There. Yeah. Which yeah. Final Fantasy also was really close to winning Best Combat. Like it was Armored Core in Final Fantasy. And I was in the Final Fantasy camp as much as I do like Armored Core. But I was like, this it is, almost had four wars. It was Fantasy. one where I like... <laughs> When we were talking about best combat, I was like, I could, if someone activated me, I could Final Fantasy 16 <laughs> my way in there. But I was like, you know what? Like, Armored Core 6 is a great game. And I know Blake's like, especially passionate about its combat specifically. Yeah. So Blake I was, was like, very yeah, passionate about that. Yeah. And yeah, to your point, like, Spider Man 2's action, I think if we had to write about it, which we didn't because we gave it like a badge because it's in our top 10, uh, we probably would have talked about the set pieces and like how it all works together. Whereas Blake's entry combat for best and combat, swinging, you know, yeah. those are all elements of the larger piece. Yeah. And Blake's yeah. best combat entry, I really like because he's talking specifically about like fine tuning your machine to to do this and then going back to the workshop and like fixing this and that. And it, it's 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 pretty clear, like to me, like, yeah, best combat versus best action. Yeah. Uh, best mobile game Warcraft Rumble, which was one Alex and I think there were, I think Charles might have, have enjoyed quite a bit. I don't remember who else was on staff. That I'd, I'd played really a good bit of it too. Yeah. Okay, maybe it was you. Yeah. Uh, best developer Nintendo because they they had a great year in terms of like you know individual releases they gave out, and then publisher we went Capcom um, because uh, the way the big thing for us I think was like. Resident Evil 4 was like this amazing sort of re-examination of that game and Street Fighter 6 was this great recovery story of like after coming back from Street Fighter 5 and then we also were like impressed by weirdo games like Exo Primal <laughs> you know yeah. it's like Capcom was really trying some different stuff this year uh, that was like our that was our spot for yeah Marcus wrote that one and like he reviewed Exo Primal for us and that was like our way for to let someone, probably the most passionate person about it on staff, Marcus, write about Exo Primal because you mentioned it in the write up. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like it's almost incredible that Capcom is maintaining this role that they have been on for like years now. Like I'd say, this renaissance for them started with Resident Evil Seven, which is 2017. So like for them to still be like hitting a lot more than they're missing right now is like. And especially with something like Exoprima, which could have easily crashed and burned, and for it to be as fun as it wound up being, it was like, okay, they are the role continues. <laughs> so, like, uh, they yeah. cannot do wrong, it seems, right now. Uh, some other that we talked about a little bit already. Uh, best moment, um, you know, was from Alan Wake 2. Uh, the best boss was the uh, Bahamut fight. Um, <sighs> Ganondorf so is our, our best villain. Um, and Let's then talk about that real quick, like oh, sure. heroes and villains. Well, yeah, because I, I was going to say our, exactly. our best hero went to Clive Rossfield, which I wanted to hear. This was one of those categories that I didn't have a lot of, um, you know, horses in the race. Uh, so I'd love to hear you guys sort of discuss the hero specifically. Yeah, because I feel like hero could also be translated to best protagonists in, in the event that, you know, the, the hero, quote unquote, isn't heroic. But I guess it, or like maybe the best just lead in the game. And I, I'm, we had like, um, I, I think the, the competition was harder maybe on the villain side than the, or maybe there, it was harder because maybe there weren't as many stronger villain possibilities or were heroes. Um, but I think Clyde was one that at least in my head was kind of like the easy pick throughout the year. As I was thinking in my head of like good character, I was like, no, I think he, 
he's going to be pretty hard to top. And I'm trying to think of who else we considered for yeah, that. I don't remember. Um, I, think I think Saga. I think Saga Anderson was maybe Saga. Chai, yeah, Saga. Um, Baldur's Gate. Did we have? Probably, yeah. yeah it was like a Shadowheart, maybe, or a Starian, or some of the other. I'm sure that they. I think Shadowheart yeah. for sure. Gale was there, I believe. I'm trying to. Alex put like three yeah. Baldur's Gate characters. Peter Parker and, and Miles Morales. I think. Were oh both. yeah, we were, Miles was a big one. Miles almost made it. I think. Yeah. I th- yeah, I think we went against Miles because we were like, well, he was already he was always great. Like he he yeah. just rem- he just remains great, but we liked him. So I think he won that in 2020 when Miles Morales, the game came out like pretty handedly from what I remember. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like, a, well, they didn't drop the ball with him is, the, <laughs> is basically what you can say. So, yeah. Um, and I think Clive was more impressive because I think going into Final Fantasy 16, like with all the marketing, I think we all thought or were worried that is he just going to be like another brooding guy? Like, is he going to just be like a cloud like of like, oh, he's just sad dark-haired gruff dude yeah yeah terrible past and he's so much more than that in ways where like he's like i think i said this in our discussion of like he is like such a good leader where like if he was real i would be inspired to be around this guy yeah because he just cares so much about everyone around him in a very real way (laughs) and not like in a like he he would pull you aside to tell you why Liza P didn't make the top ten, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. he in the hideaway, Wesley, you want to join me in the uh, office here? <laughs> I'm sorry, we couldn't get Liza P on. That's my terrible climb. <laughs> and he's also like voiced really well, like uh, the actor Ben Starr. To his credit, I mean, he it's it's fun being in 2023 because like Final Fantasy protagonists don't get to be what they get to be now. Like Ben Starr was like a Twitter uh, hero of the year in his own way too. Like (laughs) posting videos of like him trying out to be Mario's new voice actor with Clive's voice. Yeah, that was uh, was funny. (laughs) Like he's a very charismatic guy and it's fun living in this age. He's literally glowing now. Yeah, he's a the the meme from the game. (laughs) He's ascended. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) And it's cool seeing like, it's kind of like in a good way. I remember, not in a good way, but like when social media blew up and now we have presidential races and we see presidents tweet and they talk about things online. That has not gone so well. But on the on the voice actor side, it's great that we, like uh, the Clive voice actor is also like Ben Starge is, is a character on Twitter in itself. And it's fun to like see him push Clive into our yeah. heads more beyond just the game. Uh, yeah like it's, he, it's, he's proud honest, of, he's proud of his work and it shows you know yeah I, I honestly think like a nostalgia side i'm a huge final fantasy fan i've played and beaten almost all of them i clive might well be the best protagonist of any any game like yeah. just characterization just the depth the performance like he he feels like the most real human being they've ever made and uh, <laughs> it's like yeah i think I like him a lot. Like I just genuinely like him as a person. <laughs> so and it's so funny because yeah. his design is so like when I, I remember like when it first came out that that's the protagonist of Final Fantasy 16. Like the leather, the Edge Lord, the Devil May Cry look. Like we all were like, okay, we know exactly where this protagonist is going to go. And then you play the game and you're like, oh, what a what a touching young man. This is great. Yeah, what a warm <laughs> person he is. Yeah. <laughs> uh best dork is like a long time game informer tradition you know like we used to have more of the room in the magazine to do like a top 10 list for these kind of categories and top 10 dorks was always like so contentious and fun for us 
because uh, I love it that you could you could approach it as either like the character you hated the most this year, or the one that you just like love despite them being an idiot. You know, like uh, I we landed on Chai from High Fire Rush. I think I think I was pushing for Addison from Tears of the Kingdom. If I remember I had correctly, put, I had marked him down. Okay, on, I yeah. put him on the ballot of like he's another. He was probably like number two for me. Yeah, and Ad, if you, if you don't remember from Tears of the Kingdom, Addison is the guy that you keep running into who can't figure out how to construct a sign, and you have to help him <laughs> prop up a sign every time. But uh, I I think Chai is a good pick. I I. I I haven't finished Hi-Fi Rush. I'm not as like uh, close to that game as as others, but um, Chai is like he's just a, a stupid idiot that you can't help but love. I mean, it's sort of the pitch for him, right? It's funny because yeah. like I, even in the time that I've been a GI, every year I feel like we've gone back and forth of like this is an endearing award or this is an indictment. It I mean, can be both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our I, 2021 I was the indictment one. That was I think was we it? made it every writer and. Riders Republic or something that's like that. Right. That's right. That's good. That's good. Which that's was like, pick. which was like not. It does not mean the same thing that Chai being best dork means. We love. Well, Chai. I saw what one of my favorite best dorks, which I don't know if it was. I think it was number one because, like I said, it was back when we did had room to do all ten. Uh, is we did uh, in Tearaway on Vita. You mm. you it would use the Vita's camera to make you the face <laughs> of the sun in the game, and so we put like you know you in Tearaway, which I love so much. The one one year there's a photo of me playing Beat Saber VR uh, as like a best dork, you know, which I like. I like how flexible that category can be, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because we had a last year was it Stranger of Paradise guy Jack? I yeah, think so. was. yeah, I got to write and that. that was like a, it was the best. <laughs> I, I mean, like, it. was that a mix of an indictment, but also an endearing? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Yeah, because Ichiban from Like a Dragon won in 2020 for, like, the good reason of, like, yeah. he's a he's a lovable dork. We can't get enough of this He could, He could have been best hero and best dork, and I don't think anyone, everyone would have been like, yeah, no, you guys, you did yeah, it. You I think, him. honestly, from what I remember, I think we gave him best dork because he was, like, it was, like, him and Miles were, like, one and two for best hero, <laughs> and we didn't want to, like, not... Have, have we wanted to have our cake and eat it too basically yeah <laughs> so, yeah uh again it's our list we can do what we want that's right uh congrats to chai um a couple other best sports went to mlb this year which brian liked a lot but vr skate uh vr skater uh was in real contention for a while it was just like kind of a unique pick uh that we liked that blake in particular liked it's in his um, top 10 i think right i think or so was it an editor's yeah. pick it was one or the other but yeah. yeah yeah which i i i it, the discussion kind of came down to like it, it, we were we were all like happy with either right like it, no one was like really upset about the direction it went but we just uh mlb had some 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 good uh historical sort of facing modes this year that we wanted to highlight uh which i also said for my my fellow wrestling fans i did say wb2k 23 as i as i usually do i'm like hey they it was pretty good this year. Yeah. Um, and then I immediately sat back down because I knew that wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to me. I'll yield the rest of my time. Uh, best platforming, Mario Brothers Wonder. That one was kind of a shoe-in. That one wasn't yeah. much of a debate. Uh, best cooperative, Baldur's Gate 3. Um, another one that we were just kind of like quick to give that award. Like, I don't, I don't, it wasn't like a lot of co-op experiences we really I think the only other year. one that we even talked about was Diablo 4, but we all kind of agreed that we didn't really engage with Diablo 4 cooperatively as much yeah. as Baldur's Gate 3, whereas some people had played Baldur's Gate 3 with friends or just 
like it, it has couch co-op like it's yeah it's a, yeah. a, a very cool experience uh best family mario brothers wonder best racing forza motorsport best horror ellen wake 2 please stop me if you guys have stuff to add to these horror is an interesting one too yeah that was a discussion of what what that means exactly because i think the other two sort of like contenders are resident evil 4 dead space a dead space and then dredge as sort Mm -hmm. of a dark horse pick and then we, I remember we had a whole discussion about like, what do we mean? Like, are we saying like scariest game? Like, like this is the scariest game of the year, or is it the best video game that is in the horror genre? Which doesn't necessarily yeah. mean it's the scary. It just play it is everything, right? Like, it's just a good playing video game that is a horror game. And I think like Dredge got knocked out pretty quick, which I expected. But I was like, well, you know, it's an honor to be nominated. Um, <laughs> Dead Space. I think we were like, well. It's a really good remake, but it is a pretty much a straight just remake of that game. And, you know, like if we want a good remake, Resident Evil 4 is the better of the two. Um, And then I think, again, the reason we had to define what that meant, because we're like Resident Evil 4, more of an action game. Like it's got scary stuff. And I think at least I will say, I think when a game wants to be scary, it is scary. Like I still and this was true of the original, too, but like the regenerator stuff, I think it's terrifying. Yeah, it scared yeah. me back then. It scared me, you know, now with the new one. So it's, it's scaring like, it's you in this moment as you think back to it. I they when they slither on the ground <laughs> and do that weird thing with their yeah. bodies and jump it. It's, it's not great. But um, I think Alan Wake. We were like, well, it's scarier than four. At least I think most of us agreed that. But then, I, as a game, we're like, I think it does more interesting things with its horror and i think that's what it comes to do like how it leverages its horror in like a unique way and you know in the ways that we talked about with alan wake of like it does some really creative and and like wacky things while also maintaining that sense of like dread and like tension so that's that's what won it out over resident Evil 4 which again is more or less kind of an action game yeah 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 uh, let's see, best shooter battle bit remastered, which is kind of an interesting pick. Yeah, I mean that was a weird one too, where it made everyone realize like there weren't really a lot of big marquee shooters this year. Like you know, Call of Duty crapped the bed. More yeah, underwhelmed. And then, like outside of that, what other big shooters were there? That yeah. was a weirdly underrepresented genre this year. And Alex is kind of like our uh, who wrote the entry for this is like our go to shooter person on staff. So like. He plays probably more shooters than anyone every year. So yeah. it's kind of like we start the conversation. on his finals review right now, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like we start the conversation with Alex. Like, hey, what do you think? And then, yeah, we're all like, okay, well, we none of us really played too many shooters this year. I think this yeah. works. Or there yeah. weren't really many to play to begin with. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That weren't like ongoing games, you know? Uh, we've talked about it a little bit uh, already. Uh, I think it makes... I. I don't think it's particularly surprising, but best original score, Final Fantasy 16. We really love the soundtrack for that game. I do just want to just sing more praise of that soundtrack because yeah. it is so good. And um, uh, interviewing Soken, like uh, in Japan when I went for our cover story, was like one of the coolest things I got to do because I feel like video game music, just in general, is not talked about as much from like a press side of things. Uh, which it you know people aren't reading as much about music so it is what it is um but it was cool that square enix like made sure to give to p- put aside some time for soken to like 
meet me in his studio where he mixes the soundtrack and like we talked for hours about it um because i i play music i'm fascinated by video game music and he's like a legend not to mention he made this score while going through uh cancer which is pretty it's pretty wild and he kind of did it secretly whole whole other level to that you know yeah i remember when he like revealed to the world that he had cancer and stuff and it was this big moment because people didn't know and he was still cranking out tunes for this game that we didn't know about and then also final fantasy 14 yeah i think like if even if you're not going to play 16 you owe it to yourself to go listen to some of the tracks from that game that icon boss music is so good it's so good. You just can't. You feel like you want to run through a wall. Yeah. Hear that, <laughs> that chorus kick in. <laughs> uh, let's see. Best simulation. We went uh, Terra Nil. I think Cities Skylines 2 is another one that was sort of up against that. Like those were sort of yeah. the two. Um, but we I I mean, think... honestly, Cities kind of stepped on its own like rake. Yeah. They, they kind of snatched a victory from the jaws of, or they snatched defeat from the straws of victory, I should say, because of how rough it launched. Yeah. And then internally, I think just more of us were into Terra Nil, just generally speaking. Yeah. Um, best uh, fighting game and competitive game, Street Fighter VI. Uh, we've already talked quite a bit about Street Fighter VI. Uh, a best puzzle game might be one to talk about because we talked about. Humanity, I was actually going to we... save that one for last. Actually, okay, that's what I was sort yeah. of looping around because the the, um, the best expansion DLC was fan- the Phantom Liberty expansion, which is kind of like, yeah, that was an Although, easy one, you know. But, well, in a year of really good expansions, though. yeah, and I would have. I don't know where I would have landed on it. I'm glad I didn't have to have this discussion because uh, Ragnarok's Valhalla came out so late, but man yeah i'm playing that right now yeah yeah. for free and it's a good roguelite like it's good but phantom liberty i mean it is basically a game and it was just so good to return to 2077 and have that send off it's fantastic yeah i think that award was more prestigious than it sometimes is because like separate ways came out and that was really good even like the the burning shores dlc for horizon forbidden west which i reviewed was good too um and then like you know god of war obviously and then even the final fantasy 16 dlc that dropped also like the night that it was announced which i haven't played yet uh, i haven't gotten to it yet so i don't i don't know if it's good or not but it was kind of like oh my god like two big <laughs> dlc just kind at the like ninth hour just here but um to, to echo god of war because i'm also still making my way through it i'm like man i I almost wish this had come out because I would actually love to have this discussion yeah. like, with Cyberpunk and run away from it because this is really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, we could talk. We could talk about it next year. You know, and next, I mean, speaking of next up. year, like uh, if you're reading our new issue that's hitting mailboxes soon or now or digitally, uh, there's we talk about or no wait, uh, oh we'll have to cut this part. My bad. I'm talking about the next issue. And I didn't realize yeah, it. I was talking about I'm, most. We don't need to cut it, Wes. It's a nice little <laughs> tease for a feature that'll be in the next issue. Maybe you'll read well, about we, some of the best. We have some words about some good yeah. expansions. 2024 yeah. is shaping up to be a year of good expansions and DLC. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's funny because I was just sort of, I thought that would be a quick discussion, but I forgot all the, the good expansions <laughs> that had come out. <laughs> but I do think Phantom Liberty just like. For so yeah. many reasons of just like the way it uh, had people sort of reappraise cyberpunk uh, with it working much closer to what it, it should have always been, you know, uh, is worth discussing. But then, yeah, the the last one that I have here uh, is Puzzle Game, which was one that was kind of tough for us because we really liked humanity a lot. Um, and then Talos Principle was kind of this late 
edition that Marcus you really liked. Um, yeah, and we we ended up landing on Talos Principle, but like, I mean, shout out to Humanity a, is for like a close second, you know. That was another one like the Lines of P Street Fighter debate where we had to take a recess to like, all right, typical play both or, or play the one that you haven't played enough of, so we yeah. can come back to this because we don't want to make a call right now because I at that point I was the only one that had played Talos Principles. My review had gone up relatively recently. It's a surprisingly um, big game. Like it's it's one of those yes. intimidating <laughs> games to jump into. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, I did. So I did go be- back. I did late. I, we talked about it a couple podcast episodes ago, but I do I do like what I played of Talos Principle quite a bit. And Humanity, as much as I really liked it and it was just like, I love the visuals of that game. It's so weird and crazy looking. I did sort of get bogged down with the sort of programming of it all. Of, of like, it can get a little, or rather, let me rephrase it and say, it got a little tedious for me at times rather than sort yeah. of use it as a blanket expression for the whole game. But um yeah, that's kind of where I got with it too. And I'm gonna shout out because this was like, I think initially when we were we had the Google Doc for these categories, I actually added the puzzle category because it wasn't there. Because I think last year there just wasn't enough good stuff where it's like, okay, if it, if there's not enough representatives for a category, then let's just cut it. Because why just give something by default? Um, but this was one year. I was like, wait, 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 we actually have like a lot of really good puzzle games. We should. This is a discussion. It's like Cocoon came out, and I think Cocoon is really good. And and uh, some would like, say it should have won. So, I mean, <laughs> some, some might say I do, that. I do like Cocoon yeah. more than those two games myself. Uh, and like Viewfinder and, and yeah. Ridmos before. Like This was a low-key, strong year for puzzle games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, what, what else do you guys want to cover? Because that, that covers all our category winners. I mean, we could move on to questions or we could, I don't know. Is there any other sort of thoughts that you guys want to bring to our end-of-the-year discussions? Let me tell you guys about this game called Liza P. Okay, so <laughs> go to the timestamp. Uh, I don't know what timestamp. Yeah, but... have you heard the good word? Yeah. Of P? Join yeah, the peers. We are we always had... uh, welcoming new people into our community of P. I'm trying. To... We had some categories that, like, I think were interesting that we thought about. Of like, oh, best expand. By the way, Dead Cells: Return to Castlevania, another really good expansion. Um, but like, we... categories that we didn't end up running with is like level design and mission design, which have been there in the past. Rogue Light. Remember my maybe dumb idea where I was like, what if we did a category for like best like headquarters or like best like group? Oh, because I because I was like, I wanted a way to highlight stuff like and I mentioned this last episode, like, you know how great the cantina is in Jedi Survivor. And it's like, you know, there's been a few games where like you have like a, a like a home base that you keep returning to. And there's this cast of characters that you interact with. And they change throughout the story because Final Fantasy 16's hideaway. I really like too. like I like everyone in there and seeing what's up to them. And I was like, you know, there's quite a few games that have like a version of that this year. Yeah. Um, like Zelda has whatever the main camp is that you keep going back to where everyone hangs out. I forget the name of the city. Yeah. Uh, Baldur's Gate, your camp, your literal camp that you go chill with your party members. I was like, and we were honestly... We were just kind of stuck on what you call that. Like, what is the definition? Because it's like, it's <laughs> yeah. not group best party, chill spot, like, uh, best supporting cast. But third then like area. Is that you guys know that what people have been talking about lately? The third, what? like how the third, I forget what the third location uh, doesn't exist in our modern society. Because like, oh, you yes. have you have home, you have work. And then in the past, there was a place you could go 
to not be at either of those places for free. The cafes, but those, the parks, the, like, right. the yes. bar. Like those, those don't yeah. exist anymore because they all cost money now. They exist you know, outside so. of uh, America, <laughs> yeah. apparently. That's what the I've discovered The library still TikTok. free. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not. Yeah. I'm, they, they do exist. You can seek them out, but they're just not as like uh, integral into American society. And it's uh, right. you it's, don't have like problem. an after school club. Yeah, there's no place for kids to go it's, for free. You know, I was just on vacation in Italy, and like we got coffee and espresso or cafe so much there because you go and you can get a pastry and uh, two shots of espresso, and it's like two dollars. And I've seen a lot of TikToks talking about the death of third places in America because. Yeah. To go in America, to go to a coffee shop, to get two shots of espresso and a pastry, you're going to spend $10, $12. And yeah, it's easier to just be like, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to go home and not spend $12. And we have lost that space. And video games let us live out the fantasy of having yes! somewhere to go other go than work at home. <laughs> Kyle, why didn't you say this when we were discussing this? Because I'm only thinking this... about it now. <laughs> I like this whole category fell apart because we just didn't know how to define it. So yeah, it just, yeah. So I guess next year we'll call we'll call it the best third place in in video games, <laughs> which um. is still confusing and not <laughs> not immediately understandable as well. Uh, I also like that last year we had best open world Pokemon game as a category, but we <laughs> couldn't I couldn't have one this year. Uh, yeah. Wait till uh, Power Roll comes out. Yeah, we c- we considered having best remaster. We had best remake, but we were like, mm, maybe Metroid Prime remastered as best remaster, best indie. I I th- throwback RPG. I felt like there were so many of those this year. I was like, maybe that could be an award. Uh, I also I also threw out best dual protagonist because Alan yeah, Wake oh, Two right. and Spider Man Two and Sea, sea of Stars. stars are all games where you play as two characters in a single player yeah. game. <laughs> Technically Bayonetta too. Uh, yeah, you control yeah. two characters See? simultaneously. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh oh yeah. The best so we best we had uh, here's what I wrote down, which is like clear that we just weren't sure what to do with it. But best group? Party question mark? Hub question mark? Gathering place question mark. Yeah. Well that's what we just talked about, right? <laughs> that, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I actually I oh, had yeah, what, yeah. the uh, the options that we had here. So yeah. Um, Ch- uh, people, writers, let us know what you would call this. I would love to know what the community like. There's in, something Discord, there, yeah. Drop, yeah, like maybe we can do this next year. So if you're in the Discord or if you want to send us an email, I would love to know what you would call best headquarters question mark <laughs> best cantina style place, <laughs> uh, best place where everybody knows your name. That oh, that should have been it. That's a good one. That's a good. <laughs> it's a little piano in the background. There you go. Um, yeah. What you guys think? Any final thoughts? We move on to some questions. I think we nailed it this year, and anyone who doesn't like our list is wrong. Hell yeah! There you go. What a great note to end on. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Kyle, for helping us run down our 2023 Goaty picks. Hope you guys found that not only entertaining but insightful i say that because i hope you will stop yelling at us for <laughs> for not picking the things that you wanted us to pick yeah, sorry or, or or put them in the right order or the, the order that you think is right who knows but i mean that's the beauty of lists right they're they're meant to be disagreed with and you know i just hope you have a better understanding is how we as a as a staff we come and together to make our decisions so let us know what you think like again shoot us an email what you can do just by messaging us 
in a way that I'm about to explain now through housekeeping. Hey, yeah, <laughs> housekeeping. Perfect Woo! transition. Nailed it. I know. I nailed it. <laughs> it's time to pick up the clothes that are on the ground because we're cleaning up house. Uh, did you know that you can buy single issues of Game Informer magazine right now at GameStop? And did you also know that they only cost $7.99 for what, like 80 plus pages of well-written video game features and interviews as well as reviews and previews i don't know if you saw but our newest cover story is final fantasy 7 rebirth with possibly and and literally the hottest cover that we've ever made (laughs) like it is literally sephiroth on fire surrounded by fire and then you turn it around and there's more fire, but Cloud's there, and he's in the fire. It looks great. It's a it's great. Like, it's a great looking cover. Yeah, it is legit. One of my favorite covers that we've ever done. It just looks super sick. It almost makes me wish that it was just the box art of the game, which is that. Um, so you know, you can check that out. Uh, single issues of that should be available in the, in the coming weeks. Um, but you can uh, subscribe and read the digital version of it now. Uh, otherwise, it should be hitting mailboxes soon. Um, or like I said, if you want to support the uh, website and us, you know, pick up a single issue at GameStop. We've got all the back issues from uh, throughout the year there that you can pick up and it helps us a lot. So thank you so much for that. Uh, you can follow us on social media all over the place. We are on Blue Sky, Twitter, Facebook, Threads, TikTok, Instagram. Uh, where aren't we, Kyle? Is there, is there even such a thing? Hive? I think we have a Hive account that I haven't uh, updated uh, in a long time. Sorry, Hive. <laughs> I, I, even, I don't even know what that is. So that's, well, that's, that's me. I why like, I haven't really put any updates over there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, for the three people on Hive wondering, where's Game Informer? Sorry. Uh, we're there. Uh, and you can follow us individually. I am at Twitter at Marcus Stewart seven, as well as blue sky, uh, Wesley, where can the folks find you online? Um, Twitter is at LeBlanc West everywhere else. Uh, it's just Wesley LeBlanc. Uh, admittedly, I'm pretty bad at using blue sky and threads just because they're new and I forget about them. Uh, but same. Yeah. Uh, Twitter and Instagram are where I'm most active. Yeah. Kyle, how about you? Uh, yeah, Kyle and Hillier on Twitter. Kyle Hillier on Blue Sky. I'm like 10% spicier on Blue Sky. I'm a l- oh, I, really? I will Ooh. occasionally put a post there that is a li- maybe a little hot, a little bit of a hotter take than I would, than I would put She's on Twitter. You're, you're a lot more problematic on Blue Sky. That's right. On yeah. Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> follow me there. <laughs> Uh, of course, you can follow us on our Twitch channel as well, twitch.tv slash Game Informer for all of our weekly streams. Um, at the time that you're listening to this, we will be away, but we will be back with our new super replay of The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. I'm going to be playing that game in its entirety for the first time ever as a big Zelda fan. That's the biggest Zelda game I've never played is Majora's Masking. Which version? Kyle's going to be... Ah, uh, the, the OG one. We're going to be playing Ooh. the N64 one. Nice. Yes. Through, via Switch, I think, right? Is the plan? Via Switch, yeah. 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 Mm. We're not going that far back. <laughs> yeah, well, it's if do you, you don't happen to have one of those N64 controllers, do you? No, I was just going to use the uh, okay. Pro Controller. Is that a, a good idea, right? It'll get the job done. But it, 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 it look, these are all topics we'll cover while we're playing Majora's Mask on Super Replay. But I just don't want the carpal tunnel that comes with holding an N64 controller. So <laughs> you, you might be more 
carpal tunnel on with the switch. I don't know. I don't know. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I'll have to tune in to find out. Yeah, right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. So I think that'll kick off. Did we have a date? January 5th? Because, uh, yeah, the two, 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 three, four, five. Yeah, I believe it's the 5th. Yeah. 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 January, January 5th, 5th. Friday, January yes. 5th. Yeah. Uh, on our Twitch channel, uh, going every week until we beat the game. Uh, and of course, if you subscribe to our Twitch channel uh, just one time, you get access to our Game Informer Discord channel, where a lot of our lovely community members uh, reside, as well as the editors. And it's also a great way to ask us questions for the Game Informer show. We have a, a GI show Discord channel. I usually go in there uh, every week and post a call for listener questions, which is how you, the listener slash viewer, can influence the show by getting to communicate with us directly. But if you're not in the Discord, you can also email us questions at podcast at GameInformer.com. Uh, be sure to also check out our other podcasts, All Things Nintendo, with Brian Shea every Friday. And, of course, an extra super-duper special shout-out to Matt Storm, a.k.a. DJ Stormageddon, who is our awesome podcast editor. And, you know, sh- special shout-out to him. You know, now that we're at the end of the year, has done great job getting this podcast uh, put together and making us all sound better than we really do uh, over the last year plus now. So thanks so much, Matt, for everything that you've done. And of course, check out their podcast, uh, Fun and Games, as well as uh, Reignite, uh, which is a Bioware-focused podcast. And yeah, as I mentioned, we've got a few listener questions this week, starting with Mash Start Button. Actually, Mash Start Button on Discord, as well as Who Can, because they both basically ask the same question, so I'm going to you know credit you both, where they ask, What's your favorite gaming-related holiday memory? I remember knocking over the tree in excitement when I got a Nintendo 64 addressed to me with none of my siblings' name on it, which was specifically Mash Start Button's um, memory, <laughs> just to, uh, <laughs> to, to, to not assign his, their memory to who can. Yeah. Um, but yeah, favorite holiday memories. Kyle, you got one that comes to mind? Gaming-related? Oh, yeah. I mean, I... My first console that I owned was the the Super Nintendo. And that was like, that was like the most, the biggest Christmas of my life, you know? Opening up that Super Nintendo. Did you scream? Gosh, I don't know if I, I don't think so. Were you Nintendo 64 kid? No, I mean, I I actually, I remember I bought the N64 with like holiday money and me and my brother like split it. So it was like this sort of academic, very like, you know, economic, like we got to make decisions here. Business transaction. We put on our ties and did the math. But the Super Nintendo was was huge for us. I mean, we had been begging our parents for a video game console for years and they finally acquiesced. And it was uh, a, a Super Nintendo with Donkey Kong Country in the box, Ooh, uh, a box nice of which my start. brother still has to this day, like the the console box with the green leaves all over it and stuff like that. So that was that was an important one for sure. Okay, what about you, Wes? Uh, I think I've shared this before here, or maybe somewhere, but because it, it's always my go to story. But uh, whatever year it was um, when the 360 came out, uh, I had been playing Xbox at my friends all the time because we didn't have one. My older brother had a PlayStation and that was all we had. Playing a lot of Halo 2 on Xbox, fell in love with it, was begging my parents to get me. I didn't even want the 360. I just wanted like an Xbox with um, Halo 2. And for Christmas, they surprised me with a 360 and Halo 3, I think. Was that a launch title? Can't no, remember. it wasn't launch, but it was okay. Then, later. yeah, okay. Then it was probably a 360 with Halo uh, 2 on it and SSX, which was great, but not as great as Tricky on PS2. Um, but that was like the most 
hype thing ever. I was like probably definitely crying knowing me and like freaking out because I was, I just wanted an Xbox. I was trying to be, to, to get what I wanted. I was like, look, I don't, you don't even have to get the more expensive one. Like just get, I just want the cheaper one. I just want to play Halo 2. And then yeah. they surprised me with the 360 and it was like the the best Christmas present ever. I, I immediately had to go plug it in. That was my day. Was That's cool. And then you had to download, how to, you had to figure out how to connect it to the internet. i didn't even i had never even played xbox live and at the time my parents didn't know what it was and they didn't let me play either so i was it was just uh local co-op and like the campaign that was back when (laughs) there was either lan or you could buy that very expensive thing the wi-fi and they were not yeah they didn't like the idea of me playing online i guess because i was younger probably and they did not want to spend the money on the wi-fi thing and i didn't have a lan port in my room so I was I was happy in co-op land, which to its credit, <laughs> Halo Two, like or not co-op, split screen is yeah, pretty dang good. Yeah. So you you mentioned crying. Can you can you simulate what what Wesley crying sounds like? Because you're always so calm and collected that I'm like trying. I'm struggling to like even like an excited happy cry. Like, that's just that like sound like <laughs> that's funny because like I guess that's probably just what I'm I'm working. I I try to keep it calm and collected because. Otherwise, like all my friends, my family, they all know me as like the person that cries a lot. I get very emotional. (laughs) If I'm happy, I'm crying. If I'm sad, I'm crying. Like back then, it probably would have been like full open mouth crying out of excitement. (laughs) Nowadays, I've kind of moved into the like the eyes. Good, ugly cry. (laughs) Those happen usually when I'm sad. But now I've moved into like the, oh, this is such a great moment. I'm trying to capture it in my memory. My eyes are tearing up with water. I might have a tear flow down out of happiness. Very, very commercial-like. But I've always been <laughs> like, like I, I don't know. Like if a commercial comes on and it's meant to make you cry, I am the audience. I am the one that cries at the commercial. I just have always been, I'm an easy target. <laughs> have you seen, speaking of, of commercials that get you emotional, have you seen that I don't even know what the product's for, but it's the old ladies that go sledding, and it's got like the a piano cover of of My Life by the Beatles. I have it. It's like these it's like these old ladies sitting on a bench and are watching kids sled, and the idea is like you know they're like oh we're too old for this, but then the one lady I think it's an Amazon commercial because she, she like goes on an app is like I'm gonna order some sleds, and they they get sledding and they, they just go down the hill together and their faces just light up and this beautiful, and I love my life. Like it's such a great Beatles song. And it's just like this soft piano cover of it. Or like every time I see that commercial, I get emotional. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to check it out. I'm sure it will make me cry. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, it, after becoming not to get too sentimental here, but like, yeah, definitely after becoming a dad, like there were a lot of commercials that just like cut to my core of like, yeah. you know, what a ha- this soft this backup software to keep all the pictures that you take of your newborn baby. I'm like, just give the take my money. I can't lose those pictures. Or like one of like a Google a Google chat commercial about a dad whose daughter went to college and that's how they stayed in touch. Was I was like, just destroyed me. I was like, what yeah. the what the hell, body? Come on. That'll be a list of uh, top 10 most emotional commercials. <laughs> Game that made us cry the most would actually be a pretty good well i don't know yeah. maybe other, maybe no one else on staff cries as much but i cry uh, no I've, I've got a few i've got a few answer. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i guess my answer before your eyes is, um, <laughs> <laughs> don't static nose alex static we both had a good cry separately but oh, God, that was that one killed me yeah anyway yeah, yeah um but i guess my answer for this question is i'll never forget um christmas 2002 i want to say um 
my brother and I, well, my uncle, who was the cool uncle, like, I feel like everyone has a cool uncle, right? Who always like comes in clutch with like gifts that your parents either won't or can't get you. Yeah. Because they got like more money and they're more like, they just got you, right? And this cool uncle was the one that got me my PS1 when that came out. Nice. Um, but then Dang, that's a really up- cool uncle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then he upped the ante with the PS2 when that was still pretty new, where he got. One, not only one, but two PS2s for me and my younger brother, which was the first Whoa. time I'd ever Dang. gotten a console to myself. Is your like Uncle from... Bill Gates? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that Christmas because from the NES to the PlayStation 1, I always had to share a console with my younger brother. That's just how it was. But then, you know, shout out to Uncle Jerry. He was clutched that year where he gave us two boxes. Jerry like, Seinfeld? I'm like, trying to figure out who your <laughs> uncle is who's so freaking rich. Was he a Jerry dink? the is Mouse? He, <laughs> was he married and had no kids? Is he a dual income, no kids, dink? No, he dink. was yeah. Uh, yeah. sink? Sing, single income, no kids, single? I think the no kids is the important part when it comes to Yeah, that, to that's money. how you save money. I've heard kids economy. can be expensive. Sorry, <laughs> I feel like we're... Sorry, Marcus. We are focusing on the wrong part of this story, but we are just <laughs> enamored with an uncle, uncle that could make? buy their we'd like, two we'd like PlayStation to meet your uncle. 2s. <laughs> can, can, I, can he be my uncle, too? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, he gave us like two similarly sized boxes. And we're like, oh, I guess we got the same thing. And you just see that PlayStation 2 logo and then realize like, wait, he has one, too. Like, this is just this is mine. Oh, my God. And, you know, we had separate rooms at this point, of course. So I was like, I can go in here and just ignore him. Like, he can play all his <laughs> dumb games. I can I can play, play the, the bouncer like. to my heart's content. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I said. I said, have you heard of the bouncer, Uncle Jerry? Uh, um, do you remember so the first yeah, game on it? Uh, I, I, it was, it might have been the very first. It was one of the first was uh, Sly Cooper, the first one. Ooh, yeah. oh, nice. That's a, that's a good one. Yeah, it's good. As, I, I, he might have gotten that too, actually. I don't, I might have actually. Yeah, I need to meet this. Uncle. Yeah, he I sounds pretty uncle. cool. <laughs> he helped me set up the, this is when we got the PlayStation 1. He helped us set it up too, because we were still like, to probably like nine when we got the PS1. And, you know, he, I remember spending a lot of time with my uncle, but <laughs> he was the one that put the fear of God at me in terms of like dealing with CDs. Cause, you know, the PS1 was my first disc based console. And honestly, that was the reason I chose it over the N64. Like growing up a Nintendo kid with the NES and Super NES. And then I had to choose between the PS1 and the N64. And I chose the PS1 purely because it used disc. And in my like young mind, that was like super futuristic. So no, it's like, sure. I gotta have the wild future machine. Thank God it worked out. And I did, you know, the PS1 was as good as it was. And I didn't choose, like, well, the 3DO has disc. Give me that. I thing. know, right? <laughs> um, Give me that Philips CDI. But, I, <laughs> but I'll never forget the night we were, he, you know, I got it and he's showing us how to set it up. And he's, he like takes the first day. I don't remember what the first game he had, but um, he's like, hey, listen, you gotta be careful when you handle these discs. And he's showing us like the data side. And he's like, if you touch this, it will ruin the game. Like he, he, he gave the impression that even just like breathing on that side wrong would completely destroy the game. So for the first like three years of having the PS1, I was so paranoid and careful about how I took games out of the jewel case 
and put it in. And when I had friends come over, I was like overly anal about how they like put the game in. And then I would watch them at their house do it. And they were just kind of like shoving in there, you know? And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> and like anytime I accidentally dropped the disc and it fell like data side on the carpet, I would like freak out. I, would, I ruined it. <laughs> like I can't play Metal Gear Solid anymore. <laughs> and it took me a long time before I realized it was like fine. <laughs> yeah. But that, I mean, that's um, probably the right call to sort of trick a kid into being over zealous you know probably yeah so lie to your kids basically the, the moral of that story yeah but the fear absolutely. got them uh, <laughs> let's see our next question comes from uh mike j lunt via discord asking what game or games are you most looking forward to in 2024 oh let's boy. save let's let's restrict this to one game one game because you okay. might have a whole podcast doing a sort of like 2024 look ahead yeah that's probably so up up yeah. soon Mine yeah. is uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Uh, remake was my yeah. 2020 game of the year. I love Final Fantasy. I love Final Fantasy VII. Rebirth looks great. I'm watching all my coworkers go and play it and have a great time. Not jealous at all. <laughs> I can't wait to play that game. Um, yeah, the more I read about it, which I get to read a lot about it because we have an awesome cover story on it and lots of great articles mm-hmm. online about it, mm-hmm. um, the more I'm excited to play it. And it's in the first two months of 2024. Like, what a great way to kick off the year. I'm so stoked. Yeah. Kyle, do you need a minute to think about this? No. Yeah. I, I, you know, there's, there's two, but I'm going to pick one as the assignment requested. I'm going Prince of Persia, um, The Lost Crown. Yeah, I got to play three hours of it recently and was uh, frankly upset that I had to stop. So I, I'm ex- that that's the one I think I'm most excited for 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 2024 so far. And that's early. That's like but by, by the time you're listening to this episode, I think it will so be out in like two weeks or something like that. Yeah, that, so that's part of the excitement is I know it's close, you know? Yeah, I think I'm going to based on the games that we know now that are announced. I think Final Fantasy is also mine. Uh, I I've loved Final Fantasy VII, the original, loved the remake, uh, loved what I played of Rebirth so far, and just the scope of it, and just most most of all, just what they're going to do with that story. Like, just seeing Zack hanging out like it's not a big deal. <laughs> like, what are they doing? Where is this going to go? And also just knowing where it ends, I'm super psyched to see how this wraps up and what how that goes down. So yeah, I'm going to go Rebirth. It's one of those um, games like, uh, I'm going to try to beat as fast as possible because I know spoilers are going to be everywhere. Like whatever the ending is, however it ends, I know God rest souls on Twitter. It's not going to be, <laughs> people are not going to be nice. <laughs> yeah. Do, do that thing where you like, uh, d- don't let tweets with the words final fantasy seven, you know, enter yeah. your, your Twitter sphere. Yeah. You know, I didn't plan this, but it's great that we're talking about this game because chalk full of via discord asked, I'm finally playing through Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I'm loving how this feels so new while still reawakening memories of when I played through the original. Which classic game would you like to get see get a remake similar to the scope of Final Fantasy VII? Ooh, similar Ooh. to the scope. So not just making it look nice in the way that it yeah. was, kind of almost like reinventing it entirely. My my go-to like with this question is is, is Chrono Trigger, but I th- for that one I want an HD 2D. Right, I don't want yeah, it to you be want a modernized, but yeah. yeah, like a full, maybe the original Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, you know? so like different than what they did with Twin Snakes, like even further than Twin Snakes. You know, even yeah, because I, I quite like Twin Snakes. I, it's maybe a, 
a controversial opinion that I would only put on Blue Sky, but I I played replayed <laughs> Twin Snakes in the last couple of years, and I and I still really love it as sort of a reexamination of the original Metal Gear Solid. Uh, but yeah, hmm, it's tough. My mind immediately jumped to Kingdom Hearts two, probably because I like that more than one. But I think my answer is just because we kind of are getting modern Kingdom Hearts still. I think I want uh either Johto or Hoenn Pokemon and I just want it to ah. be the Pokemon game we've all dreamed about since the series began which is the open world Pokemon game where they're just running around and it doesn't run like garbage and yeah that's the key the game that we all want Pokemon to become that it's slowly inch by inch getting there um but do it with Johto or Kanto or something like you do Pokemon gold or silver <clears throat> but it's blown up to like the Witcher three size, Ugh. like that, as yeah. much depth as like the Witcher three has, but for Pokemon, <laughs> I think game freak is up to the task. That's I have full confidence that they can <laughs> do that. That they can I hire CD to... project red to make that <laughs> yeah. game. For yeah. <laughs> I want to talk to random lass. Yes. And she has like a whole like deep side story that you can engage with. <laughs> We get the really get to the heart of what makes last tick. Uh, so yeah, make that happen. That won't set the switch on fire. That'd be great. I, I um, do. I have another quick answer because I was think I think about this a lot because I see people like uh, Ben Hansen, you know, former game and former editor, Min Max, uh, Mister Mister Min Max, we call him, who just is like loves Final Fantasy VII and is obsessed with Final Fantasy VII. And to hear him talk about every little bit of second of every trailer of final fantasy 7 rebirth and what that means and etc etc of like the game that i think i would be that obsessed about in the sense that they remade it but then also used it as an opportunity to sort of change things i think would be ocarina of time like if they release some trailer for like hey we're remaking ocarina of time and then they just seeded all these interesting ideas where they were making these radical changes i think that's the game that i would be like violently obsessed with of like what are they doing how what are they doing here how are they going to approach this yada 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 like i think that would be the one for me is ocarina of time well you know brian spoke to the tears of the kingdom team and the producer for zelda who i can't remember and asked about an ocarina of time remake and he said no comment which i saw on twitter means that we're getting a remake so is that is that right (laughs) that's what no comment means in 2023 that means you're getting it so i think your your wish is coming true yeah, I yeah. thought we learned that no doesn't mean yes. I thought we got away from that. <laughs> not not when it comes <laughs> yeah. to video game rumors. Okay. And, and to be clear, I also I don't need a Ocarina of Time remake. I'm not like I I, I love that game so much. I don't really. I, it's not one that I like need to see remade. But uh, it is one if they if they do if they do a bigger remake than what they did for 3ds. I I would be I would be like very curious to see in what direction that game would go. Here's a wild out deal for a remake. Playground Games, maker of a Forza Horizon series, give them Twisted Metal and Ooh. let them basically do a Horizon style Twisted Metal game. Just a big that open world. Sick. Yeah. Big open world. Maybe even drop like other players in there, but every every car has a gun on it <laughs> or multiple guns. And you just go around this big world just blowing things up and doing missions like it's just an open world twisted metal game basically with the cast but not, of the TV but not show. live service hopefully mm. yeah anthony mackie i i like the tv show so i, mean, I know that was not like a dig I, I know you like it there. and they they're doing so. another season right they confirmed that they are yeah, yeah. at the game it's happening 
You should watch it. But uh, yeah, let once uh, Playground gets done with Fable and, and reinventing that into whatever it's going to be, let's give them a Twisted Metal and also somehow Microsoft buy Twisted Metal. I was about to say, I'm sure, I'm sure PlayStation would love that idea. <laughs> they love giving up IP. That's not, uh, they, they're just like really flippant with that stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's the sad thing, right? It's like, that'll never happen because of this, but it's a good idea. Open world Twisted Metal game. How Playground about Gran Turismo owned. Twisted Metal? Oh, there you go. Gran Turismo Twisted Metal? Does that sound good, Marcus? <laughs> I mean, if you want to suck all the fun and personality, <laughs> I guess you can do that. <laughs> Is Playground owned by Microsoft? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're okay. one of the. They're locked in. Yeah. Right. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, if you want to see just intricate, like, stitching on Sweet Tooth's seat, <laughs> give it to Polyphony, I guess. <laughs> but, <laughs> but if you want fun, <laughs> give it to Playground. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, last question before we get out of here. Um, simple one from Judonka Donk in Discord. <laughs> Which is worse to play, a bad or boring game? Ooh, mm. boring. Boring. Boring, game. for sure. Yeah. yeah. No question. Yeah. Spe- what is a boring game? Do you guys have a off the top of your head example of a boring game? Uh, I, I find a lot of free to play stuff that like intentionally limits what you can do behind uh, microtransactions and stuff. I, I often find those boring. Like they intentionally make the game sort of uh boring to encourage you to to buy things is how i sort of feel about those often um but yeah like a recent sort of like uh premium boring game is kind of the the example you're looking for i guess right yeah i mean i mean i guess it's like i always look at boring games as games are like that are not offensively bad but they're not that good they are so middle of the road that it is just they're so uninteresting that they do nothing all that creative or just like stand out either way yeah so where you're just like this is just the most like i'm going through the motions playing this game because it's just it's so inoffensive that it's it is so uninteresting yeah. i'm struggling to think of a full game i'd call boring but a recent game i played and i'm sure people will not be happy with this that gave me vibes often where i'm like i'm just kind of bored right now is unfortunately starfield there are a lot of parts of that game sure, that I sure. like and I find interesting, but like the main gameplay mechanic, the main loop was just kind of boring to me because it wasn't anything new. It wasn't anything and doing anything interesting with it. And it wasn't until I like kind of broke out of that loop that I was finding what I think Starfield is good at. I still like Starfield a lot, but there were parts where I'm like, oh man, this is like so boring. It's just boring. It, it, it could be kind of it got wrote kind of quickly of just like yeah. sort of it, like I, I don't know what the solution to this is by the way but like some and i and i well they and are I don't, patching in more fun oh is that right oh okay uh a more pleasant experience i hope uh are the patch notes um that's that's a breath of the wild reference um i i lost my turn of thought oh yeah like the fast travel almost makes it too sort of like quick to move through the game it's like oh i got a fast travel here fast travel here fast travel here and but like on the other side of it it's like i don't know if i i don't think i want that game to exist without fast travel you know like i don't know what that game would like i have to get in a ship every time and fly in real time to another planet i don't know if i, I don't think i want that either so i don't know what the solution is i feel like big open world games now are the most susceptible to this because they're there's such a formula to those that if you don't do anything remarkably different, it can get boring real quick. Of like, okay, you're in a big world. There's side quests that are just okay or filler, and there's icons, and you're just going from 
point A to point B and the story isn't all that great. Like off the top of my head, even though I didn't play it, it sounded like Days Gone was kind of that for a lot of people that played it of like, it's not like a bad game, but it's just kind of boring or like some modern Ubisoft open world games. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I would say boring. Oh, that's a Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. As someone who loves Origins and Odyssey, like Val. I had to guide uh, Valhalla like for work. So that kind of tainted the experience a bit, but like that's the, I, I, the fatigue that everyone got with Assassin's Creed because we got like six or nine entries of the same formula. I got with Valhalla and we're only three entries into the open world and it was, yeah, yeah it's just boring. To be fair though, each of those games is like three games, right? Yes. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Yeah. So I, I think maybe, yeah, if you make an open world game now, especially in a post Breath of the Wild, post Elden Ring world where it's like the bar has been raised now. It's like or even if you want to go the other way for some people post No Man's Sky and like in a completely different kind of way, Um, because I feel like Starfield kind of chases that No Man's Sky vibe a bit, but doesn't hit it at all. Uh, So it's like, yeah, those games are so easy to be boring now as an open world game that's just not doing anything particularly interesting. So, yeah, yeah, I think I with you guys boring game, I'll take a bad game any day of the week over a boring game. Especially um, like with work, like when we have to review a game and you have an embargo and a deadline, like bad is like, okay, well, I'm going to keep, I want to see what, how deep this goes. Boring. It's just like, man, I got to do 20 more hours of this. Yeah. Like, bad might uh, be funny. Yeah. You know, yeah. bad could be like, just, this is hilarious how terrible this is. <laughs> I can't believe this happened. Like, like Gollum, uh, I'd rather play than. <laughs> it's just for like say Starfield or I honestly, I was, I had to stop. I was like, I'm, am I about to say that I'd rather play Call of Duty than Starfield? <laughs> but I mean, for the comedy factor, maybe, yeah, <laughs> maybe just a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I have to look in myself in the mirror and think about that now. Uh, but you know what? <laughs> you can go think about that too because the show is over, everyone. <laughs> that was a hell of a conclusion. I love it. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. Happy holidays, everyone, or what's left of them. Happy New Year. We're not going to see you again until the new year, I guess. So, this yeah. is a good send off for 2023. It's been a great year. Loved working with you guys all this year. Yeah, likewise. Yeah. It's been a good year. And a good year for us. And I hope you guys all had a great year too. And it's only going to get better going into 2024. So enjoy the rest of your uh, year, everyone. Be safe. Go hug a loved one. Eat, drink some eggnog. Wear a cardigan. Whatever you do. <laughs> <laughs> put on glasses. <laughs> yeah. Put, put on some Harry Potter glasses. <laughs> and we'll see you next year, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.